With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Proved.net. Or get them at IGG.me slash AT slash T8 dash D-F-E-E-G-U-J-C-O. Check out earthapprove.net. Earthapprove.net. We don't want to tell you more details on the radio because we want you to go check out earthapprove.net. Amazing things at earthapprove.net. Are you looking for the web's best psycho thriller film? Check out Lighthouse Lane. This amazing film will keep you on the edge of your seat with suspense and promises to shock your mind. Winner of five L.A. Movie Awards, including Best Director and Best Experimental Picture. This film is available to watch right now at Amazon Prime or grab your copy on the website at lighthouselane.info. This film is a must-see for everyone who is a thrill seeker. That's Lighthouse Lane, available at Amazon Prime or at LighthouseLane.info. If you see just one film all year, this is the one to see. Lighthouse Lane. Edgy, nightmarish, and surreal. Get your copy today. Amazing new marketing campaign with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Mad Glass is better than Google Glass. It's a line of smart glass that runs on Android mobile operating system. It has all the functions and more of a smartphone. There will be a variety of apps on Mad Store. You can simply scan the QR codes to download app to your Mad Glass. Please check out the Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter.com. Search Mad Glass. See things in a new angle. Uh, that's right. Kickstarter.com. K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Ucaring.com slash siblings. Surprising. A homeless family with cash for the holidays. Uh, that's right. This is an amazing new marketing campaign. We're asking for the community's support during the holidays to help out these two amazing siblings. Nicole met her long-lost brother just a few months ago. They both had difficult life growing up and were not only separated, but also abandoned by their parents who became addicted to drugs. They recently found each other again and decided to move to the Bay Area together to try to build a life of their own together. As brother and sister, they wanted to build a life definitely than the one of their harsh environment gave them. We want to help them out today. Check out youcaring.com slash siblings. That's youcaring.com slash siblings. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Welcome to the Unlock Your Wealth Update. Here's Heather Wagonhalls. Today's update is on problems with budgets. Are you budgeting money every month to save up for something special one day, but find that day always seems to be delayed due to financial strains from breaking your budget? Perhaps we need to break the budget completely and set a more realistic savings and spending plan for you and your family. Start by sorting out your receipts at the end of each month. Categorize the receipts according to expenditures like food, supplies, entertainment, etc., 
Once you add up all the expenses, you will be able to see your genuine expenses from the discretionary ones quickly. This will help you see where the missing funds are from your budget. From here, you will be able to create a realistic savings and spending plan and break bad money habits that will make your financial future achievable. For more great resources to help you create unlimited wealth and happiness, visit our website at crackingyourmoneycode.com. I'm Heather Wagonhals. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Presenting Jiggy Jaguar. Welcome to our number one of the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast. From the KJAG radio studios in Estes, Kansas, we are live Monday through Friday. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 PM Mountain Standard, and 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. Download our brand new free... Android app at JiggyJaguar.us. Selected editions will be available on iHeartRadio and 50-plus AM FM stations throughout the country. Our telephone number, 267-22-J-I-G-G-Y. And, of course, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. We've got some great guests coming up today here on our broadcast. However, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide in response to the Black Friday stunt. By Cards Against Humanity, E-Trip Africa is launching Save the African Forest campaign. Through a revolving fund model, they will distribute clean-tech cooking stoves across rural Tanzania, helping save the forest and the environment while helping lift families out of poverty. Check out GoFundMe.com slash Tanzania Forests. That's G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash T-A-N-Z-A. N-I-A-F-O-R-E-S-T-S. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get into it. Hour number one of the big program. We're going to have Donna Sebo with us here in a few moments. She is in the process of switching uh, some things on her end. Uh, we're also going to be talking to my good, close, personal, longtime friend, Mr. Frank Tolo, or uh, as, as he's often referred to as the godfather of Internet radio. And uh, we will talk to them here in a few moments. But before we do that, we've got uh, our brand new app is available, JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live. You can do a 24-7 replay as well. Exclusive news and programs. Programming information available on our app, JiggyJaguar.us, or find it in the App Store. And uh, we are going to call Mr. Frank Catolo and see if uh, we can get him on the old Skype-a-rooney, which people, I, I just love the Skype-a-rooney. Um, Frank, can you hear me, sir? Yes, yes, I can. Can Look you hear that? I? Yes, I can hear you, and it, and it it sounds like you're like right across the uh, right across the studio from me, which is awesome. I love that when Skype actually works. Well, it was a pretty hefty air <laughs> air flight, but I did make it. I am actually across. <laughs> That's right through the magic the <laughs> through the magic of radio, and oh, uh, we are we are going to go and see if Donna has corrected her uh, her phone issues. Donna Sebo, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you just beautifully. Happy holidays to you, and soon a happy new year. Yes. Well, uh, I wanted to get both of you guys together uh, to talk about the 
uh, look back at, at 2015 and kind of a look ahead at 2016. Um, I want to start with you, Donna. What, what was, what was one of the big things that you thought stood out? And then, uh, we'll get Frank's thoughts and we'll, we'll have a, a cool little conversation here. All right. Now, were you talking about nationally, internationally? What, whatever you think is the biggest thing that happened in, in 2015. Well, I, I know, I know it's a really huge open-ended question. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of, kind of jump in there. I'm, 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 I'm not like Frank Cotolo, who is a, uh, who is the godfather of internet radio, who, who wouldn't ask such questions. But, uh, <laughs> but Donna, go. <laughs> Well, what I, the first thing that pops into my mind is that the issue, and I will take this on a national and an international basis, the okay. issue of transparency is huge. That there's all kinds of stuff that is being thrown up and thrown out. And I really think that on a huge scale, and I, again, will specify nationally and internationally, I feel that there is a real wake-up call. One, that the world is much smaller than we have acknowledged it to be. Two, technology has moved forward in such an incredible way on so many levels, whether it's in medicine, in business, I don't care. It is just phenomenal. We are having an eruption of, I think, opportunity to create the shifts that need to be done. And for me, one of the biggest components of the year 2015 is the awareness that a lot of what is no longer valid is having to pass away. It's having to die. And at the same time, we are being given the opportunity to make choices to improve things. Or if we choose not to, we can go backwards. And I think that there are more people that are wanting to move forward. And I also think that this year has, at least in my own personal experience, brought me into the awareness that what would be called the senior generation is actually one of the most potent, powerful forces on this planet, and that this senior generation, which in previous generations would have been ignored, is standing up, speaking out, and saying, don't ignore me because I'm not finished yet. So we are in a huge, huge shift of change, but it's also bringing opportunity of choice. And that's where each of us, I think, as individuals, have to make decisions and really think carefully about where we want to see ourselves and what we want to accomplish. Because there's, there's some huge battles going on. There's some victories being made. There's some defeats. And that can be taken mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, however we want to take it. But we are at an apex of shift and change that I think is incredible. I think it's absolutely incredible. So I don't know if that answers your question. Or not, <laughs> well, well, I, 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 I wanted to. I I, I love you for 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 that. And uh, Frank, follow up kind of there on on Donna's point and uh, fill us in with your words of wisdom, my friend. Well, you know, after listening to Donna. 
I feel like I slept through the entire year. <laughs> I I just I just I just want to say because because I was thinking more, and maybe it's just me, but I was thinking that the most incredible thing uh, that happened all um, in 2015 was I went on Medicare. <laughs> Now I know that sounds selfish. That, that, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, it does, Frank. I didn't realize the scope of this question. I, I really wasn't prepared. <laughs> well, Donna, Donna, I love Donna because she she she's giving this this expert analysis and all this stuff, and then you go in and go, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> You know, Donna included me in that because I mean, I wound up in that because I I, I did start Medicare and I I'm uh, I don't feel any different than I did 20 years before I yeah. In fact, I feel better. So so perhaps Donna is right. Maybe I could think this through. Although we don't have enough time on this show, I can come back again. Yes, on another show. <laughs> um, it, um, Donna, you still there? Donna, are oh, you? I'm here. <laughs> you did a wonderful job capsulating the uh, the year there, and I'm I'm still digesting all of it. <laughs> we've got we've got Donna Sebo with us today. She's an international mental practitioner. She's a counselor, speaker, teacher, award winning author, minister, and radio TV personality. You can get more information at DelphiInternational.com. Go check out the Donna Sebo show page. And, uh, she is, she is available live weekdays, nine and ten Pacific time, on demand programming 24-7 as well. And, uh, she welcomes callers to, uh, her, her program as well. She's also got a new show called Warriors for Peace, which is Wednesdays, 11 to noon Pacific time. And, uh, check out more at, uh, DelphiInternational.com. And, uh, Donna Sebo with us today. And, of course, we also have my good, close, personal, longtime friend. Uh, I have known this guy for God, it seems like 10 years now. Frank Catolo, he is uh, best known as the uh, uh, tag team partner of Wolfman Jack back in the day. He was Mars Catolo, and uh, ever since then, he has... Uh just created this this incredible show called Catola Chronicles. It's syndicated throughout the internet. Uh, it's it's a popular podcast as well. And uh, Frank has talked to everybody from from Barry Farber to uh, uh, the 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 family of Laurel and Hardy. Uh, he's he's done some amazing things. And uh, I'm I'm happy to have my two good buddies with me today to kind of talk about the old year and kind of preview the new year. Now, Frank, you do a show. Um, the last, what, what is it, the last Thursday of each year, uh, roll, roll call from the Bone Garden. Tell us a little bit about what you guys discussed this year. Well, we discuss what we discussed every year, only the names change. <laughs> <laughs> what we do is we, uh, uh, the artisty and I, uh, uh, go down the list of uh, all the celebrities who have passed through the, um, in, in the year. And these aren't just, uh, you know, uh, um, highfalutin movie stars and stuff. We yeah. we dig into uh, the celebrities in all walks of professional uh, 
existence. Uh, existence is good, but not existence now. <laughs> non existence, yes. Yeah. So we do that and we do it as fast as we can from January to, uh, to December in the two hours. And uh, that's, that's the roll call from the Bone Garden. You know, the too many people die. And don't get recognized even once. Every time you look on the network TV or, or everywhere else, they have the same 20 people, you know, or 13, 14 people. And uh, so we really get in there to, and, and the last word on many, many people who have even touched fame and maybe not be that famous. We've got uh, Donna Sebo with us today, Frank Cotolo. It's 11 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us today here on the big broadcast. And uh, Donna, kind of follow up there on, on Frank's point. Why is that, that that the media and the the folks out there, that they don't recognize a lot of the folks that have passed away? Because as, as Frank says, it seems like the same 10 to 15 people every year that, that pass away and then they get recognized. We interrupt this. We interrupt this program. I just I, I have a, a problem here. You can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I've got you, Frank. I've got you. Okay, and um, I wanted to let you know that yes. you cut away. You you were gone all of a sudden, so I couldn't hear what you were saying. Okay, well, what what I and, and I might add, not long enough for any of us. <laughs> What what I what I was wondering, Donna, is is Frank brought up the fact that it seems like when the media talks about people dying each year, they they at the end of the year they they pick out like their favorite top ten to fifteen people. Um, why why don't they spotlight more people that that pass away each year rather than just you know the just the ten or twelve people that 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 are that are really famous or have done something interesting. Well, I think media in general, and Walter Cronkite said it very effectively and very well, that starting in the 60s, media information was to be more about entertainment. And I think that that is one of the reasons why they keep it short, sweet, and to the point. So whoever is on super screen at the moment, for whatever reason, then those are the ones that they are really going to focus on. And it's there are so many people. I really like what Frank said when he said they're not recognized. I know with my show, that's one of the things that I dearly enjoy doing, and that is showcasing people that maybe will never, ever be in a major magazine or on the front page of Wall Street Journal, because there are so many people that contribute, that have done something that is magical or has contributed to the betterment of life in so many ways. And if nothing else, maybe they've got a special story to tell that's inspiring to somebody. They can make a difference in someone's life. But media anymore, when it comes to dealing with things like this, it is entertainment. And one of the biggest complaints I know that I hear from people is that they really wish we could get some good journalism, really, really good journalism, and not the hype. And I think that that's one of the things that people like Frank and myself and others with podcasts, with Internet radio and one level or another, we are being given the fortunate opportunity of putting information out that people otherwise may not even be aware of. So I think it's all entertainment. I think they do it in short bits because they feel that the average individual has the mentality of a snail, so they can't possibly absorb anything or even think for themselves. So this really is 
just so out of line, and I think they dumb down a lot of things, and this is how they're taught. I think a lot of young people that go into media have stars in their eyes and want to be a Katie Couric or someone like that without realizing that they're not given a voice. They cannot speak about anything, really, with integrity and with feeling without someone giving them a script first. You know, Donna brings up something... Uh I'm getting a. I'm getting hearing myself back. Donna brings up something. Can you hear me now? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Hey, wild. Yeah. Well, the, the thing. The thing that's really amazing to me in this day and age is that there are 230,000 stations. There. I mean, there are so many places to go for the news uh, and for things like this. And yet, uh, you know, the, on uh, on the Discovery Channel and the Entertainment History Channel and all these places, uh, you, you still don't. You still hear the same uh, things, really. Yes. You don't. You know, it's it's still uh, brought. All the content is brought down to the least common denominator. Like everybody's going for the same audience. And if that were the case, then why have all these different genres? You know. You're. Uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes, you 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 hit something right there on the head, my friend. It it, it you need to centralize, I guess. But if you're going to centralize. You're right, Frank. Why do we have 500 channels? Yeah, I mean, you know, the cooking people are kind of weird. You know, people who just like cooking and like to watch 24-hour cooking, they must be very weird people. Why why does the cooking channel, and why do they have to be two cooking channels? Isn't there the food channel and the cooking channel? I don't know what you cook, but I cook food, you know? So uh, why uh, why do they uh, try to appeal to the least common denominator? Why do they want a billion people? They're never going to get a billion people. They're only going to get the people who like cooking. So they might as well get a little bit more eccentric, a little more esoteric. Uh, but they, it doesn't seem like they don't try. Why is well, that, I Donna? Think, <laughs> I don't think they know how to break out of the box. It's very easy to stay in the box. When you look at the history of old-time radio, there were all kinds of various things that were done. And it was just magical. But there wasn't much in competition with radio. So I think lots of times they, again, have gone to the 24-7 situation, and they, they come up with stuff. The other day I was watching something on television and I wondered who was so brain dead that they would be talking about someone's underwear and worms and other things too that and they put together a show that I don't even think my dog would find interesting. I mean, it was really terrible, but they're reaching, they're trying, they're doing all kinds of things because the world of communication is so expansive anymore that people are saying, if I don't like what I hear, I switch. So they try anything and everything that they possibly can, and they think they're out of the box, but they're really following a similar formula that has been done many times and failed. Yeah, I don't know about the old radio thing and old TV. I mean, that was that was, those were industries growing, and I don't, yes, I, I don't, I don't know how much they did that wasn't uh, geared towards getting the biggest biggest audience of all ages and they had i mean they had every they were captive audience because you had kids yeah. you had whole families listening to like one radio show well it doesn't happen anymore and now that it's uh separate you know they were still looking for money and only money and that was it uh so that's what happened with broadcasting and that's what ha- that's what's happened with the internet jiggy can tell you this when we started this gosh darn community you know uh, the uh the mainstream media 
wanted nothing to do with us. Okay, and now, uh, but you know, when it turned out that they could make money here, <laughs> they didn't. You know, they 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 gave up. They reneged on their on their dismissal of our appearances and our performances, and they just came and took over. Uh, it, and that's what it's about. That's what it's always going to be about. I just don't understand how there's not a couple of people who don't see that you can make some money doing these other things. I don't. I just don't get it. And that's that's it. Good night, everyone, and thank you for being. Can anyone hear? I lost everybody. Everyone's gone. Well, this is a Jiggy Jaguar show. You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguar show, the big broadcast. If anyone's listening to me at all, around on. Oh, I'm hearing grunts and groans. Is all I hear. It's why well, it's the the curse of Skype. Either that, or maybe the maybe the mainstream media has got a hold of us, and they're maybe they're disrupting us. They're hacking us. I can't hear anybody. Hello, hello. Is this the Jiggy Jaguar show? Hello. Is this the Jiggy Jaguar show? I don't. fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Last summer, a six-year-old girl named Elisa was very moved by her seven-year-old friend, Jaden, who opted to donate some of her birthday gifts from her family and relatives to fund a boat to give a fisherman. This fisherman is one of 6,200 in the Philippines who lost their boats during the typhoon in 2013. It's been two years since the devastating storm and thousands of families still struggle to get back on their feet. Because of the decided to lead a fundraiser in her class for another boat. In September 2015, 23 prep pupils from St. Joseph's Institution International School in Singapore raised $1,000 U.S. to fund a fiberglass fishing boat. It turned out to be a wholesome experience that opened the minds of small children about the prevailing inequalities in the world today. Check out this incredible, incredible link, generosity.com. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. Check it out today at G-E-N-E-R-O-S-I-T-Y dot C-O-M. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. This is the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show. Okay, we've got Donna Sebo with us still. And we're going to go back to the telephone and see if we can get Frank back on the line. Hi, Frank. is this the Jiggy Jaguar show? <laughs> there we go. Can you hear me now? Sure. Okay, good. Uh, Donna, you can still hear me, correct? Yes, I can. Okay. There's a very loud hum on the line. Yes, I'm I'm trying to fix that as well. It's 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 the curse of technology. 
Did you? Um, uh, do you still know that guy in Illinois who fixes those computers? Yes. Send it to him. <laughs> so I need to send. I, I I need to send it to Jean Paul Taratoka. The I big remember star. him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jean Paul and uh, WKRP FM, which was a, uh, which was a, 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 a we, 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 we had fun with Jean Paul a few years ago. <laughs> I believe the term that Frank used at that point was, "Well, you're just having a pissing match with a guy on the internet. <laughs> just stop that. Move on with your life." <laughs> That's what you told me. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, now, Frank, we were talking uh, with Donna earlier about some of the different things that have happened this year. What yeah. do you think of this political climate that we are in with this, with this odd, you know, Trump and Bernie Sanders and people being pissed off? What, 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 what do you think about all this? And then I cannot wait to get Donna's thoughts on this, but I'm going to start with you because you're not a fan of these talk radio guys who, who kind of gin all this crap up, like Beck and Rush and all them. I think, well, here's what I think. I think it's a glitch uh, and uh, that, that has come about because the uh, cultures of the left and the cultures of the right have uh, spread so far uh, that there's a disparity between them and the middle is this gaping hole of of everything and i think what we're seeing are the concentrated uh the concentrated uh, desires of people uh, of extreme people on either side uh, i don't think it's going to last because uh, it it because it just can't run this way. I don't think the the so-called institution machine is breaking down. Uh, not not for a moment. I don't think it's happening. There's no revolution. There's no nothing. This is just a glitch uh, moving along uh, in a uh, in a world that is uh, as uh, corrupt as ever. Donna, what 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 do you think of this whole thing with these uh, talk radio people and all this uh, political? Wait a second, stuff? what does it have to do with talk radio people? No, it's like you meant the political. No, no. Situation. I, I meant I meant the political situation with 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 you know like Beck and these guys are like oh, I don't like Trump and you know Trump goes nuts and then people talk crap on Bernie Sanders and it just the the, the whole political uh, process. Yeah, okay. It's a gl- I didn't know what you said talk radio people. I didn't know what. No, I didn't you- mean you, me and Donna. We're fine. No, I didn't I, mean I, that either. What <laughs> I-, I meant I meant the rest of these clowns out here. Well, that's just a commercial thing. You know that we've talked about this for, for as long way before uh, this uh, campaign got started. Those guys are all just uh, hawkers. They're just hawkers looking for an audience and they're just uh, doing making a living with a product and they're a song and dance man for the right. That's all. They're not they don't do anything. Uh, we, you know, we've talked about that over and over again. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Donna. No, I didn't want, no. I mean, go, 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 Donna. I'm listening. I'm listening. I am thoroughly disgusted with all of it. I really <laughs> think that we have gone so far, and it's nothing new with politicians. I mean, this is something they've been doing forever. And the drama that goes on belies what really needs to be taken care of. And I think that. There are very few commentaries that are really intelligent, that really, in my view, in what I've heard, I'm not impressed. I really am not. Because I think so many times the debates are not really debates. They are choreographed in a certain way. They want to create division. They want mudslinging. And instead of really 
getting to facts, there's a lot of illusion. It's like a dog and pony show. And it's really a sad thing, yet I think more and more people are aware of that. But on the other hand, there's a lot of people that expect that. They want to have the drama. They want to have something else. We're in very, very serious times, and I think yeah. clarity is important. And we have had so much that has been misrepresented. We have people that are in positions of authority that don't even read the bills that they sign. We have people that someone else is instructing on what to say, and they don't have a clue, really, about the reality of what's going on. And it's very, very disappointing. This is a nation that has set so many precedents that are very, very good, very, very positive, and yet we have a climate that doesn't even know its own history. But, but Donna, Donna, isn't it all noise? I mean, nothing's, re what's really happening that's affecting everybody to an extent where they have to, uh, where they have to feel like they want such incredible change. This is, change from what? What, what's going on? This is, there's nothing different. This country's lasted through all the crap, all the corruption, everything else, and we're sitting back here, and I know people who are screaming and yelling for the right or the left, and they're screaming and yelling for what? Are their lives any different now than the lives were back then? They're a little bit better because they could say things, and there's more places to say things. But what, what is everyone yelling about? affecting a lot of people and there's so many levels to it I don't I don't think it's just a straight black and white answer but I do think that we have reached a point where there is to put it bluntly so much corruption so much laziness so much disassociation that people are going to really have to hold hold individuals accountable yeah, but the cheerleaders for this clown show are people who want to go back uh, to, they want to move backwards and just put everything that really, uh, the, every, they want to put everything back in the closet and the drawers and everything, uh, and, uh, and and corruption will still be there, or everything will still be there. So it's like, what make, you know, what would make them more comfortable on either side? It makes no sense. Are ever going to change their tune? I think their song and dance is the same, and it will continue. But I do think that as a nation, we are at a very critical impasse because we must understand Why? that if we don't hold people accountable for what they do, and this is something that is occurring too often, where people are not being held accountable, if the standards are not there and not enforced, then the future generations, the generations of today say, well, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Nothing's going to change. It takes involvement. It takes an awareness that sometimes it's boring and monotonous what has to be done. But you don't get a crop without tilling the soil, planting the seeds, and making sure that things are taken care of. But there's a point when you're going to realize there's some things that may not make it and others will, but in the country's history, usually it has been some tremendous drama that has caused people to move forward. Human beings haven't changed very much. 
Right. Most people really don't want to be bothered with anything because I agree. they are so busy just taking care of everyday life. And let's face it, it is there's a lot going on in people's lives. However, when we have those moments in history and we look at our American history and it's not quiet and passive, it's had all kinds of upheavals. It's been necessary. You look at history of different nations, it has been necessary. But there are those that were not willing to rise up and meet challenges. And that is one of the things that has been very unique to the American persona. But if that is not something that is respected and honored and people are not held accountable, then the history of the United States will go the wayside, just like Rome did, like Greece has done, like Italy has done, like Africa has done, like Egypt has done. It's nothing new. It's, it's a patterning that comes about. And that's why I said I am finding in my interactions with mature individuals, where in previous generations, my parents, my grandparents, when they reached their middle age years, it was like, well, okay, it's a rocking chair and apple pie, that's what we're supposed to do. But not in today's world. There are many people of mature years that are saying, we have to stand up and speak out and do. And I think that that is very significant. I really think that it is making a difference. But if those who are complaining do not provide the proper example for the younger generation, then what are they going to copy? They're going to copy what they see emphasized most of the time. Well, nah, I, I don't know. There's, there's something utopian that everybody sees in their own generation, you know, when they're... And, uh, so I, I don't necessarily agree that, I, uh, that uh, this climate... Uh, that is going to uh, could actually decay anything about this system. Uh, something about this system that absorbs the corruption that makes it uh, that makes it uh, actually fuel <laughs> this country moving ahead. Uh, and and although I'm not, I, I wouldn't be right or left. I guess they all consider me left because I think this way. But you know, I don't go out and do anything and and I don't think a lot most people don't go out and do anything and when we talk on the radio we're just we're just making noise uh and all the so everybody nobody does anything but I I think there's something about the idea of this country that's I mean I don't think it's even been even been scratched the surface yet <laughs> I mean going through change and it's uh uh it's, it's growing pains or what have you but I don't I think that if we were in any other generation, we would probably be dealing with all the same things. There's too much corruption. The whole, the you know, the country's headed towards this, that, and it will never be like. I don't think this country would ever be like what happens in Egypt, what happens in the in the Middle East. And those people, you know, they, they can't. They don't have a. They don't have this foundation, and this foundation is magic. Uh, it, it's just magic, and I think that we'll put a little trust in it, you know, um, and, uh, and just move along. Uh, it'd be okay, but uh, but that's what I'm saying. The extreme on the left and the extreme on the right is, you know, well, we're heading towards a cliff, and that's it for America. Oh, give me a break. Give me some odds on that one. I'd like to bet. <laughs> well, I don't disagree that America's going to disappear. I don't think so, because when I did an interview back in 1992 with a staunch communist, and I was in Russia on a business trip, and I had the opportunity to interview this man. After the interview, he made a comment to me. I can't hear her. Hold on, hold on. I'm making making adjustments. Okay, Donna, go 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 ahead. We'll try this again. I shared it with a lot of people. 
Here's a man who had lived through Stalin's era, and he wasn't—he was a young man when he came through it. But he said, "There's something about you, Americans. You have a fire in your belly. Is it, you feel you have the right to be free." And I said, "That's absolutely correct." He said, "We Russians do not have that within ourselves." And so what prompted me, after having these various conversations with people of different political positionings and environments that I wouldn't wish on anybody, it made me even more aware of what you have just said, Frank, and that is, what has made America so special is that we have a fire in the belly that believes that we have the right to be free, that we have the right to do exactly what we're doing today. And in many parts of the world, people do not feel they have their right, dependent on their cultural background, whatever it is, and there are those few that will fight tooth and nail to be able to reach this country because they have the right to be able to make choices. But this is something that, that is the American spirit. It belongs to anyone that chooses to be a part of the American environment. That is what people around the world fight to be able to have the right to experience. And I've done thousands of interviews with people from cultures all over this planet. And each one of them that I've interviewed has stated the same thing, that this is what they would like to be able to pass along to their relatives or to people in the other countries that they came from to know how rich their lives would be. Corruption is nothing new. I agree with you, Frank, and that's always going to be. But every once in a while, you got to clean house. Every once in a while, you got a clean house. It's not but it's like the human body. You know, the human body does a, does a lot of of cleaning and uh, repairing and stuff. And we don't even see it. It just works itself out. It's like whatever yeah, magic is in the human body. Uh, you know, one way or another. That's yeah. the kind of thing I think that is. Uh, uh, that that's built into this system, and uh, we don't really know how we keep thinking, and the right keeps thinking it should be this way, that was, and the left keeps, and everybody uh, has a plan for how it should be when it's working all along. It's working no matter what. <laughs> well, um, it is and it isn't. Sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But usually, it's the guy and gal, the average guy and gal on the street that's making the difference. They're the ones that continue to do, and they, in their own way, move and shake. And just the small, all you don't necessarily need to have, uh, you know, a bomb blasting off, but you do small things, you do them well, and you keep on moving and just say, well, somehow or another, we're going to get through this. But they, there are a lot of people that are active. There are a lot of people that are out there, not just screaming just to scream not they're doing they're not making a lot of noise but they're doing and that is what i feel makes this country so very very special it's mr and mrs average american out there not the politicians but the people that get up go to work every day pay their bills take care of things yeah but those are the people who want to define who and what mr average is it can is uh, like and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, you're right. People just going out there doing their stuff. But but the stuff they're doing and the little businesses they're doing and the lives they're leading, it's all because this stuff is going on. It's all this stuff is going on anyway. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I just think it's I think there's an awful lot of hot air 
flying around. Always has been. And there's yelling and screaming and stuff. And, there, and, and I think everybody just wants to do what you, what you said. And, you know, just, just sit back and uh, enjoy this uh, freedom we have. However it is we want to ourselves. But, but why must there be groups that go out and want to define what the American should be? Make America great again? Give me a break! <laughs> What about, how can that get there be people who don't see through that? They should be shipped out. Those people are sound like him. Hey, like, you know, <laughs> ship out the people who don't realize that. <laughs> well, see, and that's, that, that's something, uh, I, I want to get into here. We're, we're, we're talking with Frank Cotolo. Of course, check out Cotolo Chronicles each and every Thursday night. Uh, what is it? 9 p.m. Eastern? 9 p.m. Eastern. 9 p.m. Eastern. Donna Sebo has a uh, great radio program. She has two shows. She has Warriors for Beasts, Wednesdays, 11 to noon Pacific time. And, of course, the Donna Sebo show, live weekdays. <laughs> how do you nine... handle two shows in uh, one week? Jesus. <laughs> how do you do that, Donna? <laughs> I do it. I've been doing it for 15 years. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, now, now, Donna, your, your, your show's live weekdays, 9 uh, nine to ten uh, Pacific uh, on demand, twenty four seven at DelphiInternational dot com. Um, kind of follow up there on Frank's point. How have how has the uh, basically the American people been kind of, I guess, uh, swashbuckled if that's a word into this uh, <laughs> into this whole Donald Trump thing about making America great again. Well, America is great, but I think he's using a slogan. He is extremely experienced at working with whatever is going to suit the moment. And there has been, and this is due to media, a real image of the American capabilities that has been dumbed down. And I have seen it demonstrated in so many different materials that cross my desk and there seem to be those people that want to ignore all of the phenomenal things that have been accomplished in this country again by individuals that you'll never see in the wall street journal they are just out there doing what they need to do and yes there are a few like a steve jobs or a bill gates or a paul allen or some other people of you know, of, of tremendous recognition, but they don't really emphasize what it took to make things happen. Once in a while, you hear these stories, but the, the American idea has been, I know I was raised with it, I know of many people that still are raised with it, that say, if you have a dream, if there's something that you want to accomplish, you can do it. It doesn't mean there's going to be instant gratification. You are going to be able to accomplish it. It could happen in a way you would never imagine, but go for the dream. Don't be afraid of the risk. And that has been part of what I feel is, again, another significant aspect of the American spirit. It's like, well, let's go try it. The worst thing that can happen is that we flunk. Okay, let's try something else. And there's so many people that are just doing incredible things. And there are people around the world that are doing incredible things. And I think that media has really, because they didn't know what else to do, they've talked down what we are accomplishing. I watched a program just last night on television about tugboats. Now, how many people are going to get five seconds worth of time to tugboats? Well, these tugboats are extremely important because they work with these monstrosities 
of cargo ships. These things are massive. They're like cities. They almost seem like they're as big as a state. They're just huge. Here are these little tugboats out there, and these are powerful machines. And as I watched the program, I looked at the machine development. I looked at the various things that they were showing, and I thought, that is American ingenuity at its best. They were using engines through a certain company, but somewhere someone had to put together the concepts and the ideas so that these seemingly insignificant little tugboats, and they're anything but insignificant, here they are doing this phenomenal job. This is part of what makes this country so incredible, what makes the world so incredible. And I just, I think Trump just comes up with these slogans. I think he's got good PR people. He knows what pushes people's buttons. And they really love the feel that he gives that we can go out and, and do anything. And I think that, that that's great. But that doesn't mean that he's really qualified to do whatever it is that he's wanting to go after. This is a man that doesn't need money. He doesn't need anything. But this is one thing that he was sort of like the big thing that would be accomplished for his career. You know, I'm suspicious. I, I, I'm suspicious about this. I, I, I get this feeling, uh, and I don't, I guess it's just one possibility in the 100% uh, circle of possibilities, and that is that, uh, that Trump, uh, came into this. I, I don't really think he's as clever as people are now giving him credit for being because he's gotten this far, because he just latched. I don't think he knew that audience was there. I don't think he planned this. I think he played it as he went along. I don't think he's that smart. Uh, if just making money, plenty of people have just made money. So, you know, he's not even that rich per se as a, as a lot of other people in the world. And, and yet, uh, uh, I think he just is stumbling along. And I, and I don't think he knows what else to do. So he does what he did from the streets of Brooklyn and talks like that. And, you know, if it didn't work out and there was a chance none of this stuff would work out, everybody thought it wouldn't work out, you know, he'd be, uh, he, he'd be right back making his business deals and, and maneuver, manipulating his business i don't think he's that great i don't think he's that smart uh i think a lot of this is a is a, a lot of him is a big glitch too because he caught on to those people who said this is the way we want america to be i don't even think he thought up let's make america great again someone else probably did it for him he's got people, <laughs> on, the, got people on the payroll we'll do this stuff you know so i, I don't think uh, i i don't think you know, I, th I think he's less than qualified. I don't think he's that smart. I think we're starting to give him a little bit too much credit. He does if, because if he thinks, I mean, if he's going to go out there and say this is what we'll do, and not realize that the the president doesn't just do those things, <laughs> and that we don't understand that, uh, then I think uh, you know uh, they're looking. I, stupid people want stupid leaders. Donna, is oh, is is that is that the case? Stupid people no, want stupid leaders. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think again, though, it is a show. It is a show, and I'm inclined to agree with Frank. I think Trump took it on just to see what would happen, and he's got nothing to lose. He doesn't no, mind. He's no, he, enough money. he's probably just as surprised right now as uh, as anybody. It doesn't, but he's got a good team of people, and he has managed through the years. He's had his big failures. But you don't hear about that. You don't hear about those failures. And this is something that I think whoever is giving him advice, whoever is managing a lot of things, he has to have a team. 
every person that's ever run for a political positioning has to have a team around them. They don't have enough hours in the day. They can't do everything. And something I've often said to individuals, if you really want to know more about the person that is running for office, find out about the team of people behind them. That is going to give you an insight as to what's really going on. There's a lot of players that don't ever want to be visible because they want to manage in that invisible spectrum. And it's, it's showbiz. That's what you do. When you put on a performance, a play, you have your cast, you have your characters, you have your gaffers, you have all of these people that help to make something happen. But without that team, it's not going to be effective. So whether it's Trump, whether it is Carson, whether it is anybody on either side of the aisle, I don't hear anyone asking when it comes to media, I've never heard anybody ask, have you read XYZ Bill? I don't find anyone in media that has taken the time to read XYZ Bill and then be able to ask articulate questions of the people running in the office saying, on page three, we have paragraph 45, sentence number three. Why is this in this bill? And the reason I bring this up is that everything is at such a fast pace. And again, this is nothing new. You want to move quickly enough so that people are going to buy in to what is said. You want the show. You want the glitz. You want the noise. You want to have the distractions. And if you are really a straight shooter and you give the facts and you talk about what's there, then that is a whole different spectrum. And media doesn't want to give a lot of attention to that. The reason Trump is getting so much attention is that he's, he's, he's the showboy. He is the one that is the leading star right now. And I don't think that people are dumb. I think that media has a great deal to do with what happens. And they, just, whoever's managing him is really doing a good job. Because but, you and I, but you and I just talked a, a, a while ago about how dumb the people who run media. <laughs> because they can't, because they're not doing the things, right? We were talking about them not being able to get out of the box. And I was saying they're not dumb. Well, they're playing to people who are, what? Uh, I mean, we, we, just, uh, we just contradicted ourselves. Well, not really, because in media, I didn't mean to imply that everybody in media is dumb. No, I, I would say I the do. same thing about them, that they would... I do. <laughs> that is awesome. Go ahead, Don. Well, you may, but uh, I don't. I think that there are those people that are savvy, and they understand entertainment, and that is what they do. There are so many different newscasts that I've listened to that have been so disappointing because it's all in the hype. It has very little to do with the facts. And so those that really want to get to the facts, usually they're bounced out because they're not playing the game. And it is. It's, it's a big game. And it's not a new game. It's a game that's been going on for eons. I mean, this is just, just the reality of how it is perceived. But every once in a while, there's a cleanup job. And when it's time to do a cleanup, then all kinds of pandemonium breaks out. And that's can I, all bad. Hey, hey, can I make a, a big prediction? Yes, go. I want to make a big prediction because I, I really, uh, I've been good at this stuff, uh, and uh, I think when if uh, if Hillary becomes the nominee, it certainly seems like all the odds are there. I know 
who a running mate is going to be. And I want everybody to go out and put their money on this because you can do this on, I think you can do it illegally. <laughs> I heard, yeah, but I want to tell you who is going to be a running mate. You, uh, does anybody want, you want to guess on that, Donna? No, I don't want to guess on it. <laughs> no, I don't want to guess on it. Take it take this I love that. Take this one to the bank, people. It's going to be Clinton Franken. Yes, Al Franken will be her running mate. Really? Al Senator Al Franken. He is already so deep into into the into her campaign from way back. and I'm telling you, he's two time from Minnesota. Minnesota can go either way. We want it to be a completely blue state. He appeals to the young people because Saturday Night Live was on for forty years and they had the forty year anniversary and everybody watched it, even kids. Everyone knows it. I'm telling you, he's gonna be a heartbeat away from the presidency. <laughs> Al Franken. Yes, him, Al Franken. That's right. It's gonna be great. That's, awesome. That's my predictions. <laughs> I, I, I am going to bring that up to Donald Mazzella and Dan Perkins when we talk to them in hour number three because do, uh, okay, I'm going to bring that up. Do that, and I'll tell you, and I'll get mods too. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bring that up to both of them. So 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 you're you're telling me I want to I want to make sure I get this correct because <laughs> because Don Don has known me for years. I get things wrong every once in a while. <laughs> Well, you had me on. <laughs> Your prediction, Frank Catolo, is who will be Hillary Clinton's running mate when she gets the nomination will be... Al Franken. <laughs> Senator Al Franken from Minnesota, ladies and gentlemen. A heartbeat away from the presidency. People were, were, were going nuts when Ronald Reagan, who was an actor, at least he was a governor first, and, right? They were going nuts? Wait, <laughs> yes, wait. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, it is 52 minutes after the hour. We've got Frank Cotolo with us today from Cotolo Chronicles. Also, uh, Donna Sebo. Of course, you can uh, listen to her radio programs. She does an amazing, amazing job. She's got uh, her new show, Warriors for Peace, which is Wednesdays, 11 to noon Pacific, on uh, DelphiInternational.com. And, of course, the Donna Sebo Show, uh, award-winning author as well. It's live weekdays, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, on-demand programming 24 seven as well and uh frank um as as we enter the new year uh what, what do you think is going to be some of the different things that are going to go on and then i want to get donna's thoughts on that i well i think i was talking to a whole bunch of uh, um, uh digital guys um uh, a couple of on my show a couple of weeks ago the guys who started you know amcast the guys yes, who started, who yes good old amcast.com i remember amcast and, and the people who created uh you know this technology that is now internet radio which of course you know uh is has splintered into many many other things but and i think what's going to happen is i think that now uh the next step is that people are going to be doing uh all, chores uh by phone uh, they're going to be doing. They're going to be opening and closing their garage doors, putting their lights on, cooking their food. They're not even going to be anywhere near their house. I think the next thing is using, uh, manipulating items from other places. I think that's going to be very big this year. I think that, and that's okay. on good, uh, you know, research. That that's on good authority. Um, Donna, what 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 do you think is going to be uh, the big thing coming up this year? Well, I think we're going to see some phenomenal medical accomplishments that are going to really break through some old paradigms. Hey, did you hear about the cancer thing, uh, Donna, that was on this morning? No more chemo? Did you hear about that? 
No, I didn't hear that, but that's long overdue. That that has been a system that should be totally eradicated because it's... Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, 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 I agree with it, but that's all digital. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally barbaric. But yes, that is something that does not surprise me at all. In fact, there's going to be even more research and developments that are going to be coming forward. And I think that there's also... What's going to be evolving this next year is that with technology, paradigms are changing so quickly. And even when it comes to the overseas involvement that we've got, that is very challenging for our military and for those people that are being directed to follow certain patterns and actions. We have got a, a whole shift that's coming in so quickly that it's beyond the awareness of most people because, again, they're busy doing whatever they have to do with their lives and all of a sudden the advancements in technology that are going to be coming forth that have been ready for over five to seven years is going to burst out onto the scene. And this is going to create a lot of shift and a lot of change. So we've got a whole new modality that is evolving with technology. And again, this is, some, this is not really new stuff. It's been around for a long time. But because of certain patents going out of date and various things that are evolving, we are going to find ourselves, my goodness, within five years, using technologies in ways and manners that we had, would never have imagined. But in 2016, there is a lot of educational breakthrough that's going to force different educational systems, the public school systems, to make a shift and change. It is, it is coming in so fast that the flexibility and adaptability of people in general, it, it's going to be, they're going to want to move slowly and it's not going to be possible. And it's really, we're in for some upheavals, some big upheavals. Because you, know, you know what's going to be great too? After, in eight years, when, uh, when all this uh, the stuff you're talking about is moving along, uh, unless stuff is moving on in eight years, we'll be vote, we'll have President Al Franken will be, uh, <laughs> Because it wow. will be vice president for eight years and he'll be president. Well, President Al Franken and all the stuff you're talking about. And I want to make one more prediction before the hour runs out. Okay. Uh, that eventually, oh, yeah. probably 2017 or what have you, Ted Cruz will uh, eventually jump out of an airplane without a parachute. That oh, Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Very because he ain't going to like all this stuff. And he certainly ain't going to like President Al Franken. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We've got Donna Sebo with us today and, of course, Frank Catolo. And before we let everybody go, Donna, um, what do you have lined up for for the radio programs uh, come January? Oh, my goodness. I have got such powerful people. I, I really find that there are so many good people out there. I've got a woman tomorrow. We're going to be talking about how she and her company are working with people to use solar energy for stoves in different parts of the world where they don't have trees anymore because they burned them all down. Uh, it's, there's that. We've got, I've got information on war dogs. I have uh, just so much good information about business and science and uh, psychology. People wow. just amaze me. I have the privilege of interviewing on my show well over 200 people a year. 
And wow. every one of them is contributing in their own way, in their own special way, at making life richer and fuller. And mm. I just feel so privileged to be able to interact with all of these people. Most of them I'll never meet in person. But the fact that, that they're out there communicating and they're giving the best of what they've got, I just... I just feel I'm very fortunate because in most you countries are. of the world, I would have been executed. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't have even allowed me to do what I do. Well, that's amazing, that's and we've come full circle because in the beginning, you you were very uh, uh, explicit and uh, and uh, prosaic about uh, what happened last year, and now you're telling me all, all the everybody all the great things you got going uh, and uh, um, for. Uh, radio and broadcasting in in 2016. And once again, I feel dwarfed by it uh, because all. If he asked me the same question, I'm going to have to say, "Well, the year's starting off with Jiggy Jaguar as our guest." <laughs> That's right. I got it's, nothing. You got nothing. I got Literally, nothing. In 2016. I got nothing. <laughs> Well, uh, well, Frank, I, I appreciate you being with us today. Donna, I definitely appreciate you. And uh, you you guys, this has been fantastic. And uh, we've got coming up in hour number two, uh, me and Frank's mutual friend, Mr. John Matthews, and uh, Frank Savalto from the New Media Journal coming on to discuss some of the other uh, different things that happened in the, in the new year. And uh, I, I, I just can't. Thank you guys enough. This has been fantastic. I hope you guys have, have had a blast. And uh, Happy New Year to everybody, and we will talk to you guys in the new year. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Frank. Thank You're you. welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy New Year to you, too. Bye-bye. Definitely. Thank you. Frank Cotolo and, of course, uh, Donna Sebo with us today. We're going to take a brief time out. When we come back, we will chat with John Matthews and, of course, uh, our good buddy, Mr. Frank Savalto, coming up partner with us today. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing, and they are doing some incredible things for the crowdfunding world. John Deans, the CEO of REO Capital, has just released a new project called REO Capital Expansion Campaign. REO Capital LLC is a capital raising firm, is based in Detroit and Miami soon. They provide capital raises to hedge funds, venture capital funds, private equity. REO Capital is a unique because it also provides legal services, CFO services, and research services to its clients besides capital raising. The project of the expansion is now up for everyone to see and be part of. This campaign is showcasing the expansion project in a unique way. The backers are able to get an inside look at how this idea of REO Capital came to realization. Participate as a JV partner to become part of its future. Brand new marketing partner with us today, uh, Transmedia Worldwide. The campaign is finally live. A minute ago, we just launched. Want to take a look? You'll love it at igg.me slash at slash moonwalker slash x slash 10659418. There is a share or tweet or anything could help, even a visit. Now we have a real live challenge here. Any share on Facebook or anywhere would help as much for us to gain some movement to the top on Indiegogo. And also, for sure, I want you to start working on this right now. 
Folks, we need you to go over and check out this brand new Indiegogo campaign. It is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Check it out today at indiegogo.com. The 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Futuristic urban shoes specifically designed to experience what it feels like to walk on the moon. Check it out today at indiegogo.com. I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. Search 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Supporting indie game development is important to keep a variety of games in the App Store. Some of the big game studios are creating clones of existing genres, such as Match 3, Endless Runner, and the classic premium MMO. Indie games are the ones that have innovated and brought us unique gameplay experiences. Indie game development products like Minecraft, Braid, and Fez Eta also introduced new game genres and brought old ones back to life. This Kickstarter campaign will give the graphical tools to indie game developers to allow them to create more games in quicker. This tool will provide royalty-free UI assets and even allow indie game developers to create 2D sprite sheets. To support this campaign, go to kickstarter.com and search for royalty-free graphics builder for games. Welcome to the Racing to Success Minute with Nadine Lajoie. Use a priority system. When you go to networking events, you need to prioritize what are the prospects for yourself. And usually what I do is I just have a system A, B, and C. The A are the people that I think they are ready, they have an emergency problem that I can resolve, and there is a way that we can do a joint venture partnership or help each other. The B are the people that they look interested into my programs, but at the same time, maybe it's not the great timing for them. So if I have time, I will go to the B prospect. And the C are the ones that follow up with them with an email or maybe a quick phone call. This is Nadine at NadineRacing.com. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program, broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Call Jiggy right now, 267-22-Jiggy, presenting Jiggy Jaguar. Hour number three of the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Coast to coast to border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, or Radio Loyalty and Stitcher. Check us out on the official Jiggy Jaguar app at J-I-G-G-Y-J-E-G-U-A-R dot U-S. Uh, that's right. Fantastic hour number three ahead. And uh, before we do that, I'll tell you about one of our fantastic hour marketing three. partners at Transmedia Worldwide. In response to our stunt by Cards Against Humanity, E-Trip Africa is launching our Save the African Forest campaign. Through a revolving fund model, we're going to be distributing clean tech cooking stoves across rural Tanzania, helping save the forest and our environment while helping lift families out of poverty. Check out their great GoFundMe campaign at GoFundMe.com slash Tanzania Forests. It's so simple. Go to G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash T-A-N-Z-A-N-I-A-F-O-R-E-S. 
S and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Hour number three kicks off right now. It's actually hour number two. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself there. We're going to connect with uh, Frank Savalto here in a few moments. Also, our good friend John Matthews. Let's see if we can get John on the line. Yeah, here. There he is. Okay. I was just talking with our buddy Frank Catolo in our last hour. He made a prediction that I want to get your thoughts on a little bit later on. But uh, we are also going to call... Uh, Mr. Frank Savalto here in a few moments to get Frank on with us. And uh, we're going to be talking about the, the, the year that was, 2015. And uh, it's it's been a heck of a year. Um, first of all, John, uh, I, we're, we're Skype's trying to get a hold of, uh, trying to get a hold of Frank. But um, uh, what, what, what was your biggest thing that happened uh, this year as far as the news and pop culture and politics and everything? What was one of the big stories that, that you guys covered? Well, I, I, I think in my opinion, I, I know that everybody else is probably, you know, all jazzed up about Donald Trump. But <laughs> in my, my opinion, the biggest uh, story this year is the lack of uh, concern over the continuing scandals of uh, Hillary Clinton. I, I, it, it just boggles my mind that nobody seems to really care what this woman represents. Uh, it's 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 mind-boggling. I, I was just looking at today. She was once again, uh, according to Gallup poll, she is the most admired woman in America. <laughs> how does this happen? I just I don't understand how this happens. She's a criminal, John. How how how? I don't know. Go go ahead. I didn't mean to step on you, my friend. Oh, that, no, I <laughs> that was exactly my reaction, <laughs> almost <laughs> verbatim. Um, I'm like. And, and, you know, they make a big deal of the fact that 14 years in a row she's been chosen the most admirable woman in the United States. Oh and God. even on the other side of it, Barack Obama was chosen the most admirable man. And I'm like, how, how can this be? How can this be that people keep telling us that, you know, in the same breath they're telling us these are the two most corrupt politicians we have today, and yet they're the most admired? And I'm like, I, I, I just, you know, I'm just constantly questioning what, what kind of drugs... Super systems or whatever, yes, in our water or what, you know. <laughs> we're, we're trying to make uh, touch base here with Frank Savalto as well from the New Media Journal, and uh, we've got John Matthews with us today. It, it is uh, it is Skype Day here on uh, our big program, eight minutes after the hour, and uh, I'm I'm not sure what's going on with with Frank's phone, but uh, uh, John, this 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 whole thing with Hillary. Um, I'm going to see if I can play this clip, see if you can hear this. Um, Frank, in our last hour, had this to say regarding who he believes Hillary Clinton's um, running mate is going to be. Let, let, let's see if this will work for me. Well, you had me on. <laughs> Your prediction, Frank Catolo, is who will be Hillary Clinton's running mate when she gets the nomination will be... Al Franken. <laughs> I Senator Al Franken from Minnesota, ladies and gentlemen, hard beat away from the presidency. People were, were were going nuts when Ronald Reagan, who was an actor, at least he was a governor first, and right. So that he says Al Franken, John. <laughs> we both know Frank. We both know he's he's a little out there sometimes. Uh, Al Franken. 
Well, <laughs> you know, I, I don't put anything out of the realm of possibility when it comes to politics today, especially the Democrat Party. Um, I happen to believe it'll be Juan Castro or Julio, uh, Julio Castro. I'm sorry. Julio Castro, I think, uh, will be the guy that they put on the tab with uh, Hillary Clinton. We've got uh, John Matthews with us today. He uh, he hosts a very popular uh, radio program each and every Monday through Friday. Uh, we've got links to it on our website at cheekycheckwire.com, the conservative syndicate. And um, the, the, the big news also c- coming this year has been uh, Trump mania. Uh, <laughs> it seems to be everybody and the brothers talking about him. Uh, Frank in our last hour said... He he always has thought with Donald Trump, and I sort of thought this in the very beginning. Um, he wasn't really doing this for. He didn't think he was going to get as far as he has, but now that he has gotten as far as he has, and he's realized that there's a demographic, I guess you would say, that is all about what he's saying. He's just kind of riding the wave. Um, what, what, what are some of the people on your program and, and, and different things that you've heard? And I know you've got a lot of good sources out, out, out there in the, in the media and in politics. What, what, what are these folks saying about this rise of Trump? Well, I, I think for the most part, uh, it's divided into two camps. It's those who are uh, what I call operatives, the Republican operatives, the people that will stick with the party no matter what. Um, they're the ones that are like, you know, they're still out there. Trump is going to implode. Something's going to happen. And, you know, they'll end up with Kasich or Bush or Rubio will float to the top of the cesspool, that kind of thing. Um, the other, the other side, the conservative side, the people like myself, we're, um, we're more like, you know, Trump is speaking something that needs to be spoken or should have been spoken a while ago. But uh, in terms of whether or not we find him to be a viable candidate, uh, certainly I think he would be better than Hillary Clinton. But uh, outside of that, I don't know that he'd be much better than than Jeb Bush, uh, just simply because he has a history of kind of going wherever his interests lie. You know, he is a businessman first and foremost, and he has admitted in his own his own talks and his own speeches and everything else. He has a tendency to go where it's going to be most favorable for him. Now, uh, people ask me about his qualifications. I think he would be a great uh, guy to be handling our economy because he does understand business. But he's also very liberal-leaning when it comes to some of the social issues. And so as a true conservative, I can't say that he's the best candidate. Now, would I vote for him if he wins? Well, yeah, I would. Um, I, the only per, The only way... I would actually turn on the Republican Party vote-wise, although I'm no longer a registered Republican, so I won't be voting in their primary anyway. But um, the I would vote for Hillary Clinton before I would vote for Jeb Bush. And uh, that that's how much I dislike the Bush family. And uh, they, they have been much of what's wrong with America. Uh, George Bush handle, it was handed a surplus and turned it into a massive deficit, which this president felt he could come in and quadruple. So I, I find the Bush family as much, if not, uh, well, at least as much at fault with what's taking place in our country right now. So to put somebody like Jeb Bush in there, I think would just exonerate the problem and even magnify it and accelerate it, because I 
I have come, I think I mentioned this on your show last time, I have come to the conclusion that the Republican Party really doesn't want the White House. Uh, they, they'd rather just be able to maintain the Senate in the House and continue to tell us they can't do anything because the person in the White House <laughs> will cooperate with them. Yes, yes. And that, that, that seems to be the prevailing wisdom if you look at all the cards on the table, John. Uh, they, you know, and, it, and it, it's much similar to what Obama has gone through uh, the, the, the last several years where he's like, well, well, you know, I can't get them to work with me, so we, we can't get anything done. And so they, they spend all their time on the other side going, well, the president won't work with us. <laughs> now, you now, well, they're, they're not being honest with the American people. It's not that they can't get anything done. It's that they don't want to get anything done. Exactly. Because it, it puts them in a position where they actually have to be held accountable for what it is they're doing. They're not in the business of – today's Congress is not in the business of governing. It's in the business of protecting each and every person in Congress. It's, it's self-preservation over governing. And, again, I, I, I always have to – there's a side of me that gets very irritated and very angry with that, but the other side of me says, this is our fault. I have to always go back. I can no longer just blame politicians for this. Like I said, we just mentioned it a moment ago. How can somebody like Hillary Clinton, who, when asked to describe her – the top three words are dishonest, corrupt, and uh, um, uh, unethical. And yet tell me that she's the most admired woman in America. I'm like, is that what you look for in, in, in people? Is If they're corrupt and they're, uh, you know, no integrity, no honesty? Is, <laughs> yes. that, is that the American dream? Is Apparently. that what most Americans gauge as success? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't get that. So, um, yeah, I... I you know, Trump to me is a phenomenon in some ways, and I think in some ways he's been very good uh, for politics, at least giving us some some voice out there. Now, how that equates into leadership, I think that remains to be seen. I think there's things he can bring to the table. I think there's things that he'll push to the side. And so, as a conservative, uh, a total conservative, we look at fiscal and social issues. It's not just one over the other. And uh, so, if I look at it, look at that divide. Yeah, he might turn the economy around, but um, is that going to really help the country get back to that place where we uh, build our government and rely on our government on uh, on the basis of individual responsibility towards the collective, or do we let the collective determine the amount of individual responsibility that each American has? So that that's where I'm at on it. We've got the fantastic, fantastic John Matthews with us today. He joins us live 16 minutes after the hour and uh, talking year-end review today and sort of a, a, a look forward to the to the new year. Um, oil has been a big story this year with, with OPEC and with the, the gas prices rising then going down and then falling again and then keep falling and then they kind of go back up. What, well, what are your thoughts on oil, John? Kind of take this, uh, this next kind of segment here and uh, give us your thoughts on where you've seen oil this year and where you think it's going to go. Well, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm kind of um, intrigued by the recent drop in prices of oil, and if if my gut check is, if history is correct, the fact that we're seeing, we've seen such drastic drops in prices means that we're being set up for something. Um, I, I, I just looked at the gas pump today out in California. We have 
perhaps the most expensive gasoline outside of maybe Alaska, which in and of itself is kind of a oxymoron. But um, the fact that uh, gas here last week, gas was about two forty-five a gallon. Today, a week later, it's up to two seventy-five a gallon. So thirty cents increase in a matter of a week, and and that's how it is out here in California. It's hard to gauge. When you look at what's going on in the rest of the country, because a lot of it, the prices across the rest of the country are much lower than what they are here, and they don't, it's not as volatile. But out here in California, because we have summer mixture and winter mixture, we're worried about, you know, saving the trees and the whales more than we are about uh, whether our cars run good or not. Uh, so I, I, I think it will become and has been and will become even more as we get closer to the election cycle a political uh, tool. I'm not real sure what's going on with OPEC right now. I'm not real sure what's happening there uh, in terms of how prices are going. I think a lot of it has to do with what's going on over in China. Yep. China has yep. reduced their purchasing of oil, which makes it easier for people like us to obtain it. I think the big key will be here as to whether or not uh, fracking continues to, to increase the way that it is. And, and uh, I was just reading today, just looking through some stuff today and scanned through an article that predicts that oil prices will continue to drop this year simply because of uh, fracking and things like that that are offsetting the cost and making us more um, less dependable or less dependent from other countries. So at this point, because of the economy, the way that the economy has been and, and, and the slow recovery that we've been seeing, if it is even a recovery, I'm not even sure I'm ready to say it's recovered. Uh, it just seems to be a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I think every aspect of the economy, for that matter, is really unpredictable. I think if I, if I was going to look at this in the big picture, I think the fact that the Fed is talking about raising interest rates for the first time in a long time I think that's going to play more of a part into what happens in the economy than what oil prices are at this point. We've got uh, John Matthews with us today. He joins us live 20 minutes after the hour and uh, talking about a year-end review and uh, how how things are, are moving forward in, in the new year. And um, do, do you think the oil prices are going to affect the election at all, or is, is that a non-starter, basically? Well, I, I think it will. I mean, I, I was just looking at an article earlier today that uh, Saudi Arabia has posted a $98 billion deficit, and that has been the cause of the increase in prices right now. Now, I don't know what caused that deficit. I don't know if it was projecting on what uh, China was going to be buying, because China was the big, you know, was the largest purchaser of oil for quite a while, and that's what was driving the prices up, supply and demand. But there's other aspects of this. Um, Russia still plays, you know, as a geopolitical uh, force out there. They still play into the price of, of oil. Uh, they're going through their thing with natural gas, uh, and that's affecting the price the price of oil and things like that over in Europe. So I, I, I'm not really sure at this point how much oil is going to play a part in, in what's going on. I'm more concerned about deficits. I think deficits is what we need to be looking at. Uh, like I said here, Saudi Arabia 
is telling us I got a $98 billion deficit. Who would have ever thought, you know, <laughs> they would have some a problem like that? Will that equate into all of a sudden saying, hey, everybody else has got to make that up so that we reduce our deficit? Of course, from the viewpoint of the United States, I'd love to have a $98 billion deficit. You know, what do we have, like a $17 trillion deficit? So uh, $98 billion would be a drop in the bucket. So I, 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 I can't really, I wouldn't really say one way or the other how oil is going to play out in this. I'm sorry? No, 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 no. I, I was just agreeing with you, John. I was just agreeing with you. Uh, we've got John Matthews with us today. We're going to take a quick time out here. We're going to put him on hold on Skype. And uh, when we come back, we're going to keep chatting about uh, the year in review. We've got more coming up with John Matthews here on the World Famous Cheeky Check Bar Radio Program, hour number two. Thanks for joining us today, 22 minutes after the hour. tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. A great new Kickstarter campaign. The Indestructible Bag. It's built for the modern traveler. This comes from Bedford Dry Goods. Waterproof, electric safe, durable craftsmanship. The world's only backpack. It's crafted to last over 10 years. Period. Check it out today. Their website is bedforddenim.com. See Plus Air, the world's most durable bag. It's been backed for a decade. That's right. It's made for premium components. It's backed for a decade. Pure functionality and offered directly to you. By offering the backpacks directly to you via Kickstarter.com, they're able to remove the distributor and retailer and offer you an S&A backpack that would normally retail for $300 at only 95 bucks. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Check out K-I-C-K. S-T-A-R-T-E-R dot com. Search the indestructible bag. It's built for the modern traveler. And Bedford Dry Goods brings you this message here on the radio program. Let's tell you about our great new sponsor here on our broadcast. It is a fantastic Indiegogo campaign. Check out Indiegogo.com slash projects slash overhead hashtag. That's right. It's a great Indiegogo campaign. Overhead is a short horror film to be made by this great new filmmaker, indie filmmakers. When complete, this will screen at the Castrothco for the Scary Cow Film Festival. Check it out today on Indiegogo.com. I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. Search Overhead. That's right. O-V-E-R-A-E-D. It's a great new horror film to be produced very soon with your help and your donations. And tell them you're it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. This is a great crowdfunding. Uh, check out ptheart.org. That's ptheart.org. They have a great charity organization, and they need some help. They're trying to buy a van for the organization. It's hard to hard to pick up uh, food sometimes, and uh, they need to rent and, and borrow someone's car. And uh, they can also donate hygiene products for the less fortunate as well at ptheart.org. It is an amazing, amazing new campaign. Check out ptheart.org. That's the letter P. 
the letter T, H E A R T dot O R G. Tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. John Deans, the CEO of RE Capital, has just released a new project called RE Capital Expansion Campaign. RE Capital LLC is a capital raising firm. is based in Detroit and Miami soon. We provide capital raises to hedge funds, venture capital funds, and private equity funds. REO Capital is unique because it also provides legal services, CFO services, and research services to its clients besides capital raising. The project of expansion is now up for everyone to see and be part of. This campaign is showcasing the expansion project in a unique way. The backers are able to get an inside look at how this idea of REO Capital came to realization. Participate as a JV partner to become part of its future. Check them out on Indiegogo.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-O-G-O.com. Search R-E-O Capital Expansion. Uh, that's right. Do your part and check this out today. They've got amazing perks over there as well. Check out R-E-O Capital Expansion on Indiegogo.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. This is the Risk Takers from Entrepreneurs Club Radio. Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's, became a billionaire who gave away much of his fortune. However, his life didn't start out like the normal American story, not at all. Dave's biological mother was an unmarried teenager who didn't want this tiny baby. At six weeks, he was adopted. Things continued to be a bit dicey for Dave when his adopted mother died when he was five. His father then took Dave around the country trying to find a job. Not a great way to start a life. But there was something about him, an inner drive that many entrepreneurs have that can overcome poverty, loneliness, and no education. Yes, Dave even dropped out of high school. Mr. Thomas's beginning never deterred him from success. He gave no excuses. He just forged ahead when many people wouldn't. Do you have that drive? Do you make excuses? If so, it's time to change. How about starting today? our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Last summer, a six-year-old girl named Elisa was very moved by her seven-year-old friend, Jaden, who opted to donate some of her birthday gifts from her family and relatives to fund a boat to give a fisherman. This fisherman is one of 6,200 in the Philippines who lost their boats during the typhoon in 2013. It's been two years since the devastating storm and thousands of families still struggle to get back on their feet. Because of Jaden decided to lead a fundraiser in her class for another boat. In September 2015, 23 prep pupils from St. Joseph's Institution International School in Singapore raised $1,000 U.S. to fund a fiberglass fishing boat. It turned out to be a wholesome experience that opened the minds of small children about the prevailing inequalities in the world today. Check out this incredible, incredible link, generosity.com. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. Check it out today at G-E-N-E-R-O-S-I-T-Y dot C-O-M. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. The Jiggy Jaguar radio program is back on the network. Back on the big broadcast, we've got John Matthews with us today. John is fantastic. We, we love talking to him every once in a while. We wanted to have him on today to talk about this uh, situation with the uh, 
the end of the year. It, it's it's coming uh, within the next two days, John. <laughs> and, uh, that there is a lot going on, and uh, the Conservative Syndicate is the place to check out John. Yeah, Monday through Friday, the Conservative Syndicate.net, real conservative talk from real conservatives. And um, as as we move into the new year, uh, we were we were talking about oil. We were talking about Trump. Uh, what 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 do you think of this situation? There's a lot of people that say that Obama is basically failing to lead, or, or there's a failure to lead by Obama. Um, from a libertarian perspective, give me your thoughts on that, my friend. Well. I'm not. I'm not so sure that Obama's into leadership as much as he's into transformation, and and there's a difference. It's, uh, uh, you know, when you look at, at some of the things that he's doing, some of the things he's done, some of the things he'll continue to do once he leaves office. Uh, he is first and foremost a community organizer. I think yes. that's that has been established. I think has been proven, and I think that's really the. Uh, I'm going to say the substance of everything that he is and everything that he does. The idea of fundamental transformation is first and foremost. It's uh, it, it's diabolical in some sense in the fact that he has mastered what I call the language of doublespeak. He can sound like an American and mean something completely different by what he's saying. Uh, for instance, in an article or in an interview last week with NPR, he made the statement that if anybody wants to run for president, they have to have a, a, an unconditional love for America. Well, you know, that sounds all patriotic and everything, but there's nothing he's done to support that contention because everything he's done has been to transform, to rebuild, uh, to make better, all these, you know, all the words that he uses. And, and if America's so great, why do you need to do all this stuff all the time? You know, why, why is it so important? So in terms of leadership, it's not... He, he really never came into office to, to be a leader. He came in to be a transformer. And the leadership of the party is not Barack Obama. It's the people that made and shaped and formed Barack Obama. The Valerie Jarrett's, the David Axelrod's, people like this. These are the people that have um, told him what to do, where to go, and how to do it. These are the people that have mentored him. These are the people that he has followed. He, uh, you'll remember when he was first running for office, or e- even in his book, in his book, uh, The Audacity of Hope, he wrote in there that when he came into the community organization uh, career field, he came in with the idea of being a blank slate in which everybody else could write their ideas on him. So he's never been an individual. He's never been an individual thinker. He is a good, he is a point man. He, he's somebody that has learned the trade and goes where people tell him to go. And he does what they tell him to do. And uh, he gets credit for a lot of things he really, I don't think, could ever figure out on his own, given a chance. That said, he's still been very effective at accomplishing what he wants. So in terms of leading from behind, I, I think that's probably one of the best descriptions I've ever heard of him because he's not really a leader. He is somebody who just, he's an instigator. And uh, he's an organizer, and he's a planner, but he's not a leader. And, and that's why I think he has such a hard time getting out in front of the telev- uh, television cameras without a teleprompter to, to be able to tell people what he really thinks. If you listen to Barack Obama talk without a teleprompter, he sounds like, uh, he sounds like a guy with a tin hat. Everything is, uh, gee, uh, oh, uh, you know, it, it's like he's trying to find words. So I, I, in that rega- regard... Again, 
we've gotten what we voted for, and I'm not so sure that the people don't like that. I, 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 I'm just, I always come back, I'm always perplexed by the fact that these people are still around, and nobody's caught on to it. It can only lead me to believe that everybody else is as stupid as he is. I don't know. Well, you know, that is... <laughs> You know, you 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 think you you bring up that that point, and you you have this very same thought that Cotolo had in the last hour, where he said that uh, the big thing with Trump is that people want a leader as stupid as they are to lead them. Uh, I guess you could look at that from the Democratic side; they want somebody as stupid as they are to lead them. Uh, I guess great minds think alike in that aspect. Um, we've got John Matthews with us today. He joins us live. 34 minutes after the hour and uh, talking year end review um, some other things that went on this year was terrorism uh, it was it was a big big year for terrorism I guess if you want to you want to use that term um, what why was terrorism whether it was homegrown or like in the San Bernardino shooting people coming in from from another country what why was terrorism such a big deal this year uh, more than it has been probably since 9/11 well i i believe just as we were just saying because of the lack of leadership that we have yep. at the the yep. administrative level at the executive branch level uh terrorism was actually licensed uh, this administration licensed it. It opened the doors. It opened the pathways to to let it go. If we start, let's just start at a basic level. Look, let's look at it from a do- domestic perspective. Let's just for a moment just eliminate ISIS, the JV team, and let, let's look at just what's going on. Let's look at the uh, the freshman sophomore team, which is our college universities. <laughs> yes. Look at how how they have have grabbed on to uh, uh, this this idea. That they're entitled to something, that they're entitled to free education. I, I did a story yesterday on a 22-year-old girl who's going into her last year in college, and she was given a $90,000 trust fund by her grandparents. She's a year away from graduating, and that $90,000 is gone, and she has no way of paying the $20,000 that she needs to finish her last year. And she was on a show crying about this that her parents had not taught her how to manage money and turning around and saying now she's even more upset with them because they won't drain their retirement accounts to help her get through the last year of school so when they asked her they said well where 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 did you put this money she spent it on clothes and spring break trips and so this is this is what this kind of thinking or lack of thinking what it does is it allows people to fall into this vacuum that they can be led wherever they want. And when you're constantly being told that your inadequacies or your bad decisions aren't your fault, it gives ground to this idea that uh, everybody's entitled to something and nobody's re- uh, responsible for anything. And so what we have in the, major, in the college campuses across the country now are what? Major disruptions, protests, and we have deans that are re- uh, retiring because uh, something they said 10 years ago and it's popping up on Twitter somewhere and all of a sudden they're racist or they're homophobic or whatever. And so this is the mentality that allows things like real terrorism to step in because there's such a vacuum that it's easy just to move into it. And then when you've got a president who's saying, well, it's not really about Islam, Everything, everything that, that the, uh, they're mutating or they're perverting the religion, and, and that's, it doesn't matter if they're perverting the religion. The point is, is that it is Islamic in nature. 
Now, they don't have any problem with saying, you know, if you got the uh, Westboro Baptist Church out there uh, walking around with God hate, hates fag signs, they have no problem assigning that to mainstream Christianity. But if you got people out there cutting people's heads off and blowing themselves up so they get their 72 virgins, uh, nobody wants to attach that to their religion. So, it, it, again, it's, everything is an episode of or the result of a lack of leadership at this particular level. I was just, last week we were looking at some stats. You know that the number of complaints in college campuses since Barack Obama has come into office were averaging uh, complaints of of racism up to his administration, they were having about maybe three to four hundred on an average every year. Now, this year alone, over an average of five thousand complaints per campus on racism. Why is that? Because we got a president who had a district attorney and who has all of his cabinet members out there playing the race card every single day. We have licensed this type of thinking, which gives root to radicalization. You start out with domestic rattlization, Occupy Wall Street, things like this, and it turns into, well, we're not really going to go after the Islamic fundamentalists because that would make it make, you know, everybody, we might offend the others that don't believe in that. Well, if you know anything about Islam, they all believe in jihad. It's just a matter of whether they're going to put their actions behind it or if they're just silent contributors. You know, uh, uh, the sin of omission. I don't say anything, but. I know that that's what the religion teaches. You don't you don't stand up and speak out against it. You just kind of well, I'm not really I'm not really going to say one thing one and so you get labeled into this. Oh, you're you're passive and that kind of stuff. That that isn't true. It's just that you know, nobody wants not everybody not every Muslim wants to blow themselves up. You know, so it's it's like, but that doesn't mean that it isn't being taught. So this lack of, of leadership at the, at the leadership level and the unwillingness to educate the American public as to what it is we're actually fighting, that is what's given rise to all this stuff. Uh, the, the fact that we, you know, Obama pulled out of Afghanistan and Iraq. Why? Because he promised to. Not that it was militarily or politically expedient. He said he was going to do it. And so he did it because that's his, that's his thing. It's the right thing to do. It doesn't matter that it, it, it created that vacuum that ISIS and ISIL and all these other groups are being able to come in and take over. It's down in his mind, no, it's the right thing to do. All the evidence points to the contrary, but because I think it's the right thing to do, that's what I'm going to do. Well, they know this. These people aren't stupid. They take advantage of, hey, this guy isn't going to say anything. He isn't going to do anything. Let's go for it. So, you know, it, it always comes back to what your initial question was, and that is, there is no leadership or there is not a willingness to do the things that have to be done that normally we would do as Americans because the thought is America has always been bad for the world. And, and that, that's what this man believes. America has always been the worst of what man can be. So I don't know. That's kind of a long answer, but that's, that's uh, the way no, I see it. No, no, I, 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 en I enjoy the explanation. That, that, that's the thing, and that, that, that's why I love you, my friend. John Matthews with us today. Conservative Syndicate is uh, his radio program Monday through Friday, and uh, we've got a link to it on our website at CheekyJaguar.com. And uh, what, what, what are some of your listeners and, and some of the social media folks saying about uh, this this past year, uh, what, what what have been some comments that you guys have been fielding over on the on the radio program? Well, I, I think there's again, it's it's kind of a two sided thing. There are those who 
um, are just kind of ready for the inevitable explosion or implosion that seems to be coming down the pipe. Uh, and then there are those who uh, think, no, you know what, we just have to keep fighting. Uh, if we cave in, if we just give up and just walk away from this, well, then we're, we're, we're contributing to it by not doing anything, at least not trying. Um, that I, I probably fit more into that camp. I'm, I'm one of these people that often thinks and often wonders, you know, what the hell am I doing this for? Uh, it, it doesn't seem to, it seems to be falling on deaf ears, but that's not really true. What it is is it's just, it's just that the, the progressive leftist movement is so um, consistent and tenacious in what they do. They are the minority in the country, and people just don't understand. It's just because they make the most noise Everybody kind of falls into this mindset that they're actually uh, guiding the paradigms of America and, 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 the, and the train of thought that's out there. So there's, there's one side that's kind of like, well, it's inevitable. Uh, we can't, we're not going to be able to do anything about it. And so let's just kind of, you know, tuck our head between our legs and, you know, kiss our ass goodbye. <laughs> wow. Uh, John, John Matthews with the, uh, with the great New Year's sentiment. <laughs> love that john <laughs> now um where, where where do you see this uh th this whole thing because I, I i see this 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 election situation is going to be the big the big story of 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 the new year i i i see things like 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 on uh i i know that at some point drudge report's going to put something up i know that there's websites like wb daily and others that are putting up these obama countdown clocks that are uh the end of the obama administration is 387 days 12 hours 41 minutes and apparently 45 seconds according to wb daily um is it going to be more of a of a thing of we just we just we, we got to get rid of obama or is it we need to pick the next leader and then he will come in and he will either fix what obama screwed up or 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 help continue what obama has done right or or, or vice versa but is is it more of a let's elect a leader or oh my god i just got to get anybody but obama we just got to get this guy out of there what 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 is that men what is the mentality you think going to be for this new year well, I think if you look at the uh, the Democrat Party in particular, it's going to be more of the same. It's going to be Hillary Clinton is going to continue to try to build on what Barack Obama uh, began, actually what her husband Bill began, but couldn't get away with because he had somebody like Newt Gingrich in the House instead of John Boehner. But um, the, the idea here that uh, if a Democrat gets in there, like Hillary Clinton, which I'm not so sure at this point. I'm still not buying the idea that she's a slam dunk for this. Um, then it's going to be more of Obama, and it's going to be the same thing. If somebody like Bernie Sanders gets in there, it's going to be Obama on steroids. Yes. Now, if you go the other route, uh, again, the Republicans, I just can't believe that the Republican establishment is going to sit idly by and let a Donald Trump, or Ted Cruz take the nomination. So whatever they have to do to prevent that from happening, then that's what they will do. At this point, my probability factor says that we're probably looking at a broker convention, uh, but there's, there's other aspects to this that could, come, could play out somewhere down the line. Donald Trump could still implode somehow. There is something out, you know, anything can happen. I mean, in this day and age, especially with the ability of the media to really dig up dirt if they really want to. 
Now, I'm sure they've been doing that from the get-go. The problem with Donald Trump is that if you dig up dirt on him, he'll just look at you and go, so what? You know, and he gets away with that. Whereas if it was somebody else, if they were able to dig up dirt on somebody like uh, Ted Cruz, or even you look at Ben Carson, he was riding high in the polls. And all of a sudden, this stuff starts coming out about his book, whether he was telling the truth in his book. Who the hell cares? Nobody asked if, if everything Obama talked about was true in his book. You know, it was, but the idea was it was they were able to take that narrative and turn it into something negative, and Carson's will not recover from that. So, um, in terms of um, how I see the election year playing out, I think it's going to be much more the same as what we're seeing right now. I think the mudslinging is going to get atrocious after uh, yes. Super Tuesday next year. Once we get into the general election, that's where it's going to get really, um, I think, is really going to get outlandish because. You can't, the Democrat Party cannot hide forever who Hillary Clinton is. They're able to do it now um, because there's no other viable candidates out there. But once all the primary on the Republican side is all cleared away, and if there is actually a nominee and it just comes down to that nominee and Clinton, I don't think Clinton's going to be able to survive this because there is too much dirt out there on her. And everybody knows it's just right now everybody's ignoring it. That leads me to believe that the possibility of the Democrat Party holding a broker convention is not out of question either. I, I think that they could pull somebody in at the last moment. We might see Joe Biden pop in at the last moment if the Democrat Party determines, you know, we're not going to be able to control or minimize the damage of uh, Hillary Clinton running in a general election. I think that that possibility exists when you got you have people like Jim Webb, a former candidate for the Democrat Party, is now talking about running independent. In a close election, if he only pulls in 2 or 3% of the vote, that's a big deal. So it's still very volatile, I think, in terms of how this thing is going to play out. And I don't think we'll really have a grasp on it till maybe towards the end of February next year as we get ready to approach the uh, Super Tuesdays in the Republican primary and then after that, we'll definitely know where we're going. We'll definitely know what's happening. But to me, I'm looking forward to June and July when the nominees have been determined. And now these two people have to stand face to face and uh, have to deal with all the, hopefully, the questions that are really being asked in terms of their integrity and their abilities. So, yeah, it's, it's, still, a, it's still kind of a crapshoot right now. We've got John Matthews with us today, 48 minutes after the hour. And, uh, the Conservative Syndicate, each and every week. You can uh, check them out Monday through Friday. Check out theconservativesyndicate.net. Real conservative talk from real conservatives. And uh, with with the uh, possibility of Trump getting the, the nomination and there being a brokered convention, and folks like Huckabee the other day came out and said, well, if he is the uh, nominee, I, I'm going to support him. Uh do you think that that wisdom is is going to be shared by a lot of people, or will it definitely be a broker convention? We're just not going to get out of this. Well, I I would like to think that every Republican tells that tells me they'll support the Republican candidate, no matter who he is or she is, um, would do so. But as we've seen, Republicans these days are really good at telling you one thing and doing another. Yes. So uh, whether <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, we, we've, I've actually heard, um, John Kasich, for instance, has already said, you know, I don't know that I could vote for Donald Trump. 
And here's one of the guys that made a big deal about whether Donald Trump was going to take the pledge at the very beginning when they were trying to get everybody to pledge. And Trump says, well, I'm not so sure, you know, what I'm going to do. If you treat me with respect, yeah, I'll support the candidate. If you dump on me, then I won't. And then he eventually conceded and said, yeah, I'll support the Republican candidate. Well, now Kasich, one of the biggest crybabies in the group, uh, is now saying, well, I, I, I just can't support a Trump. Uh, you got people out there like Lindsey, uh, who the hell knows who he is, Graham. Yes, yes. Uh, telling us that, you know, <laughs> I won't vote for Trump. I'll vote for, it's better to have a Democrat in the White House than it is, a, well, for somebody like Lindsey Graham, it is. <laughs> it's, yes. it's a lot better because he can still hide behind that facade that he's some kind of conservative when, in fact, he's not. So um, I, at this point, I'm I'm – I'm kind of taking the negative road on this, the pessimistic road. The cynical side of me says that we may end up with two brokered conventions and not know who's running until the last moment. <laughs> I, I, I'm not really sure at this point what's going to go on. I do know this. If the Republican Party does go that route, and if we have a Donald Trump or a Ted Cruz or even somebody like a Ben Carson standing at the end uh, as the rightful heir to the nomination and they pull that away from them, that will be political suicide for the GOP, and we may never – I think something that they may never recover from. Uh, it, it's that – I think it's going to – but I think they would rather commit suicide than have to be accountable to the people that have elected them uh, because it's all about self-preservation. And, and I know that's a very bleak, negative picture to paint – but uh, that's what you get when you keep voting idiots and morons into office and expect them to <laughs> yes. do something different. Yes. Uh, what, 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 what is it? The, the, the old saying, uh, in, insanity is doing the same things over and over and over again. Yeah, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yes. I, I think that's a much more appropriate uh, uh, revelation from Albert Einstein than even the theory of relativity. I think <laughs> much, much more on the mark with that. Yes. We've got John Matthews with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast talking uh, year-end review. And um, the Conservative Syndicate is available, theconservativesyndicate.net. And uh, you guys uh, have, have a bang-up show over there. What, what, was, what was the uh, antithesis to make you guys go five days a week? Because uh, at one point you were just doing once or twice a week, my friend. Well, we, we had an offer from one of our affiliates uh, to take a prime time slot, and their network was is averaging about 750,000 listeners a month. And um, the owner of the, of the network came and told me, he said, if you will take this slot, um, I will move my show uh, behind your slot. I'd rather have your show come on before mine. He felt that it would be a better draw. So we said, okay, uh, but in order to do that, we would have had to go five days a week. So we thought, well, you know, you can't bite a, you can't bite a gift, uh, what's the phrase? Oh, you, yeah, uh, but biting the, biting the, uh, the, what is it? The, and, the, the hand that feeds you kind of thing. The hand that feeds thing. you, that's right. Guy, this guy's <laughs> offering us a phenomenal opportunity, and we thought, yeah, why not? Why not do it? So we weighed out the possibilities and, uh, just decided that, okay, in order, if we could move it to an earlier time slot, we'd be able to do five days a week because my co-host, Joe Hakos, he works. And so I have to be able to get him home. He's in Florida, which is three hours away from me. Yep. So we have to be able to work out the time element. And he was willing. That's when he decided, well, 
you'd have to come on in my time slot. I'll move my time slot, and you can take that, and I'll go to a different slot. And I said, well, okay, well, if you're willing to do that, then why why not do it? So that's what we did. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, uh, with with things moving forward and, and you guys doing uh, doing this program, what are you guys going to do a, an election night special or do anything major with, with, with the election coming up uh, this new year? Well, um, normally, normally I would say probably not, just because what we have found in the past is uh, when everything is happening, it usually happens way before we come on the air or after. But this time around, because we have made the changes to the time slot and everything, it has put us in a very good position where it certainly it would be worth our while. For instance, when the San Bernardino shooting took place out here and was unfolding, I live about 60 miles away from where this happened. Two of my contributors on my, my panel members live less than 25 miles away, and one of them actually works two blocks away from the hospital that uh, where the shooting took place. He does a radio show out in, uh, out in that area, and he was at the station when this happened. So what we, well, all of a sudden what happened was the main affiliate of ours shifted all their networks, three or four different networks, over to us, and we covered the thing live. And all of a sudden we were all over the place. I mean, it was just everywhere we looked, they were listening to us. So we said, okay, um, we're in a place now where we can do that. We have that kind of an audience. We have that kind of attention span, and let's do it. So I'm sure this year, yeah, we'll probably uh, be covering this uh, in depth as much as we can, um, probably more from a commentary point of view. I'm not much into reporting. I'm more into taking what's going on and then uh, applying instant commentary to it. What's this really saying? What's really ha- This is what's happening. What's it really mean? Rather than, you know, uh, looking for the sensationalism of it, I want to look at the political motivations and the, the advantages that people will get from one side of the argument or the other. So, yeah, it's very feasible we'll be doing something like that. That's awesome. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we've got a little bit of time left here uh, in our hour. We're going to say goodbye to John for this time. But, John, I definitely will be in touch with you throughout the year uh, to get your thoughts on different things. And uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure talking with you a, a lot off and on during the, during the year here. And uh, I look forward to uh, our chats and everything in the new year as well my friend well i i appreciate the opportunity I, I i really appreciate the opportunity in fact we'll have to return the favor and get you on our side oh yeah. yes that would be awesome at some point yes let, let, let me know and we'll make something happen my friend oh yeah yeah we'll have a lot of fun with that you and joe will get along great <laughs> good Good. You're, yeah, you're two of a kind. So, I, <laughs> well, and at some point, I either either on your show, my show, or both shows, we need to do we need to do a show where we pull you, me, and Catolo in. I think that would be hilarious <laughs> because Sorry. Frank's insane. You know that. <laughs> Frank, uh, are you talking about Frank Cotolo? Yes, indeed, m- 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 Mr. Cotolo Chronicles himself. Oh, uh, John has been on my show. That's awesome. That's yeah, he awesome. has. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Frank has been on my show, and I have been on his show. And uh, uh, him and I, uh, Frank and I, actually have a very good relationship. We're we're opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes, we're, we're always <laughs> able to have very civil conversations. In fact, Frank, I have enlisted Frank's help in editing my book. I'm writing a book, and I've that's actually, awesome. 
That's see his awesome. other side and said, hey, I want you to read my book and tell me what you think of it. And he has already offered me some some real gems in terms of uh, grammar and stuff like that. So, yeah, I have a lot of respect for Frank. Don't agree with anything he says. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially on that Al Franken thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I could definitely see him picking Al Franken as, <laughs> as a remake of Hillary Clinton. I, that, that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> well, John, have yourself a, a wonderful holiday, and uh, we'll, we'll talk in January, my friend. All right. God bless you. Have a Appreciate good day. Thank you much. It is John Matthews. It is Conservative Syndicate. You can check it out online, theconservativesyndicate.net. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to do our third and final hour today. Yes, special year in review program featuring Dr. Jack Caravelli, Mr. Dan Perkins, and Donald Bazella. We're going to try all three on Skype. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a cavalcade of craziness. We've got more coming up here on a big broadcast. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. A great new Kickstarter campaign, the Indestructible Bag. It's built for the modern traveler. This comes from Bedford Dry Goods. Waterproof, electric safe, durable craftsmanship, the world's only backpack. It's crafted to last over 10 years, period. Check it out today. Their website is bedforddenim.com. Sea plus air, the world's most durable bag. It's been backed for a decade. That's right. It's made for premium components. It's backed for a decade. Pure functionality and offered directly to you. By offering the backpacks directly to you via Kickstarter.com, they're able to remove the distributor and retailer and offer you an S&A backpack that would normally retail for $300 at only 95 bucks. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Check out K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Search the indestructible bag. It's built for the modern traveler. And Bedford Drug Goods brings you this message here on the radio program. Let's tell you about our great new sponsor here on our broadcast. It is a fantastic Indiegogo campaign. Check out Indiegogo.com slash projects slash overhead hashtag. That's right. It's a great Indiegogo campaign. Overhead is a short horror film to be made by this great new filmmaker. It's indie filmmakers. When complete, this will screen at the Castrothco for the Scary Cow Film Festival. Check it out today on Indiegogo.com. I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. Search Overhead. That's right. O-V-E-R-A-E-D. It's a great new horror film to be produced very soon with your help and your donations. And tell them you heard it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. This is a great crowdfunding. Uh, check out ptheart.org. That's ptheart.org. They have a great charity organization, and they need some help. They're trying to buy a van for the organization. It's hard to hard to pick up uh, food sometimes, and uh, they need to rent and, and borrow someone's car. And uh, they can also donate hygiene products for the less fortunate as well at ptheart.org. It is an amazing, amazing new campaign. Check out ptheart.org. That's the letter P, the letter T. H-E-A-R-T dot O-R-G. Tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. 
John Deans, the CEO of RE Capital, has just released a new project called RE Capital Expansion Campaign. RE Capital LLC is a capital raising firm. is based in Detroit and Miami soon. We provide capital raises to hedge funds, venture capital funds, and private equity funds. REO Capital is unique because it also provides legal services, CFO services, and research services to its clients besides capital raising. The project of expansion is now up for everyone to see and be part of. This campaign is showcasing the expansion project in a unique way. The backers are able to get an inside look at how this idea of REO Capital came to realization. Participate as a JV partner to become part of its future. Check them out on Indiegogo.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-O-G-O.com. Search R-E-O Capital Expansion. Uh, that's right. Do your part and check this out today. They've got amazing perks over there as well. Check out R-E-O Capital Expansion on Indiegogo.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Hello, everybody. I'm Kip Marlowe, author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. If you're interested in starting a business, growing your current one, or just need some inspiration, this is the book for you. Learn the secrets of success from entrepreneurs like Arlene Neen, who just started her seventh company at the age of 96. Order it at ecrsuccess.com or at Amazon and learn 22 stories of ordinary people who became wildly successful. It could change your life. This is The Risk Takers from Entrepreneurs Club Radio. Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's, became a billionaire who gave away much of his fortune. However, his life didn't start out like the normal American story. Not at all. Dave's biological mother was an unmarried teenager who didn't want this tiny baby. At six weeks, he was adopted. Things continued to be a bit dicey for Dave when his adopted mother died when he was five. His father then took Dave around the country trying to find a job. Not a great way to start a life. But there was something about him, an inner drive that many entrepreneurs have that can overcome poverty, loneliness, and no education. Yes, Dave even dropped out of high school. Mr. Thomas's beginning never deterred him from success. He gave no excuses. He just forged ahead when many people wouldn't. Do you have that drive? Do you make excuses? If so, it's time to change. How about starting today? Jaguar. Welcome to the world famous Chiggy Jaguar radio program, coast to coast and boulder to boulder on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, and Stitcher. We want to thank John Matthews for being with us earlier. He, uh, of course, is from the Conservative Syndicate, the Conservative Syndicate.net. We want to also uh, get into it in this hour. We're going to be chatting with Donald Mazzella, Dan Perkins, and Dr. Jack Caravelli. Before we do that, we are going to try to get a hold of each of them on Skype. So this should be a hell of a deal. <laughs> we are going to do this instead of using our good old conference line because that sometimes causes a lot of issues. So we're going to see if we can get, we can get Dawn on with us. Let's see if we can pull him up here. I think this is Don Mazella. I hope it's Don Mazella. Well, you got Dan Perkins. I got Dan. Okay, I dialed the wrong number, but at least I've got you. I'm going to try okay. to get a hold of Don, so we're going to see if we... Because I'm trying something new today. <laughs> we're going to see... That's before the... You, went, you do new stuff after the end of the year. You don't start it at the... 
Uh, you know, start right now. But go ahead. What are you? What are you trying to do? <laughs> we are uh, we are using Skype today instead of our conference line to see if I okay. can get see if I can get everybody on and uh, not have to uh, worry about conference lines and all this other nonsense. So we're gonna okay. see if we can get uh, see if we can get Mr. Don in here. Um, why, why, why we've got Dan Perkins on the line. We're live as live can get. Dan, of course, is from thehill.com. Uh, t- 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 tell me about your, your recent, uh, some of your recent pieces while I'm trying to piece the show together here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, I had a piece, I had three pieces posted in three weeks, which is kind of very unusual that they would give me that much space. Um, I have a fourth piece that's pending with it won't give me a chance to get reviewed until next year. But uh, the piece that I'm uh, that's pending right now uh, talks about Janet Yellen and the Federal Reserve and their move in interest rates. As you know, Jim, I'm a registered investment advisor and been managing yep. money for 40-some years. Yep. Um, uh, all the economic indicators would not indicate that there was a need to um, raise interest rates. Yes. However, the 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 analogy that your audience may uh, relate to is with callers who block their number. Okay. Apparently, apparently we weren't we weren't able to we weren't able to get Dawn on. We're we're going to try to get Doctor Jack Caravelli. I apologize about that, Dan. Keep keep talking, my friend. Okay. So the 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 analogy that your people would understand is a uh, um, a pistol, um, like a Colt forty five, has uh, six cylinders. Yes, it holds six bullets. Yes, and and so if you think in terms that every bullet in a gun that the Federal Reserve Chairman would have, each bullet would represent. A twenty-five percent basis points, or one Hello. quarter of one percent. We can help you find another business in the area, <laughs> since the number you called is not in service. Okay, well, I'll look for uh, you now. <laughs> I just, I, I, I love <laughs> technology. I have four similar businesses to connect to. A <laughs> we're, local we're home not, advisor, we're, we're general we're contractor. Go ahead and just press one. Oh, four. I just the I local just, home advisor, electrical. No, wiring. we're gonna just dump everybody out. <laughs> And we're gonna start over. <laughs> oh my God! Let's get Dan back on the. Lo- Actually, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's take a timeout. We're gonna get Don Caravelli on. We've got more coming up. tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. A fantastic, fantastic, and did I mention fantastic, marketing partner with us today. Think about this. They have developed a system for, for the world's smartest building block. And we want to thank everybody for their help. The biggest 2015 giveaway is right here. Get inside this beautiful three-bedroom home. This home saves you up to 86% on energy check out 
Indiegogo.com. Search DIY Building Revolution. Now, that's right. This home is the most energy-sufficient building there is worldwide. Also, they're available on Facebook. Check out Facebook.com slash DIY.garage.shed.building slash. That's right. IG.me slash AT slash DIY-building-revolution slash X slash 12777966. Or just go to Indiegogo.com. Search the DIY Building Revolution and tell them you heard about it here on the radio program. Brand new marketing partner with us today, uh, Transmedia Worldwide. The campaign is finally live. A minute ago, we just launched. Want to take a look? You'll love it at igg.me slash at slash moonwalker slash x slash 10659418. There is a share or tweet or anything could help even a visit now we have a real live challenge here any share on facebook or anywhere would help as much for us to gain some movement to the top on indiegogo and also for sure i want you to start working on this right now folks we need you to go over and check out this brand new indiegogo campaign it is absolutely absolutely amazing Check it out today at indiegogo.com. The 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Futuristic urban shoes, specifically designed to experience what it feels like to walk on the moon. Check it out today at indiegogo.com. indiegogo.com. Search 2016 Moonwalker, the shoes that defy gravity. Partner with us today. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing, and they are doing some incredible things for the crowdfunding world. John Deans, the CEO of REO Capital, has just released a new project called REO Capital Expansion Campaign. REO Capital LLC is a capital-raising firm, is based in Detroit and Miami soon, they provide capital raises to hedge funds, venture capital funds, private equity. REO Capital is a unique because it also provides legal services, CFO services, and research services to its clients besides capital raising. The project of the expansion is now up for everyone to see and be part of. This campaign is showcasing the expansion project in a unique, unique way. The backers are able to get an inside look at how this idea of REO Capital came to realization. Participate as a JV partner to become part of its future. Incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Supporting indie game development is important to keep a variety of games in the App Store. Some of the big game studios are creating clones of existing genres, such as Match 3, Endless Runner, and the classic premium MMO. Indie games are the ones that have innovated and brought us unique gameplay experiences. Indie game development products like Minecraft, Braid, and Fez Eta also introduced new game genres and brought old ones back to life. This Kickstarter campaign will give the graphical tools to indie game developers to allow them to create more games and quicker. This tool will provide royalty-free UI assets and even allow indie game developers to create 2D sprite sheets. To support this campaign, go to kickstarter.com and search for royalty-free graphics builder for games. One of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Last summer, a six-year-old girl named Elisa was very moved by her seven-year-old friend, Jaden, 
who opted to donate some of her birthday gifts from her family and relatives to fund a boat to give a fisherman. This fisherman is one of 6,200 in the Philippines who lost their boats during the typhoon in 2013. It's been two years since the devastating storm and thousands of families still struggle to get back on their feet because of the decided to lead a fundraiser in her class for another boat. In September 2015, 23 prep pupils from St. Joseph's Institution International School in Singapore raised $1,000 U.S. to fund a fiberglass fishing boat. It turned out to be a wholesome experience that opened the minds of small children about the prevailing inequalities in the world today. Check out this incredible, incredible link, generosity.com. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. Check it out today at G-E-N-E-R-O-S-I-T-Y dot C-O-M. Search Truest Troopers, the real-life boat. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Hi, this is ASC Automotive Professional Pam Oaks, and it's time to take a 60-second break and make you a savvy car consumer. Today, let's reach into our Car Care for the Clueless mailbag and answer a listener's question. Juanita from Mesa, Arizona writes, I need to top off my power steering fluid for my 2010 Honda. I asked the clerk of the parts store to show me where the power steering fluid was at on the shelf. I didn't know what to get, so I bought a bottle and gave it to my son to put it in the car. He said a bottle of power steering fluid was not for my car. Is there different fluids for different cars? Juanita, there sure is. And there's different chemistries for different vehicles when it comes to fluids that circulate under the hood of your vehicle. Power steering fluid is no exception. Honda does make a specific fluid type, and installing the wrong liquid can cost you big time in repairs. All could break down by just using the wrong $5 bottle of power steering fluid. Want to learn more about your vehicle? Visit me at carecarefortheclueless.com, making you a savvy car consumer. One of 700 radio show hosts included in the book, Talk Radio Wants You. It is a topsy-turvy, world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio program. We're taping this program live on the 29th. We're going to be replaying this show on January 1st as uh, part of our New Year's Day uh, spectacular. In our first hour, we talked with Frank Cotolo from Cotolo Chronicles, of course, each and every Thursday, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern. And uh, Frank has talked to everybody from the uh, family of Laurel and Hardy to uh, legendary talk show host Barry Farber. Um, Frank used to be Morris Cotolo on the Wolfman Jack program years and years ago. He was with us. Uh, we also had Donna Sebo with us in the first hour from uh, DelphiInternational.com. She is a best-selling author, award-winning radio talk show host as well. And uh, we talked about some of the New Year's events from a, um, I guess, a, a cultural perspective. In our second hour, we talked with John Matthews from the Conservative Syndicate, uh, theconservativesyndicate.net. He was talking about all sorts of different things from Obama to oil to uh, tr the Trump phenomenon, all sorts of different things. And in this hour, we have with us uh, the fantastic Donald Mazzella from SB Digest and also our good friend Dr. Jack Caravelli. And uh, we're also going to connect here with... Dan Perkins, and we're going to do that on Skype. So hopefully Dan will be able to uh, to pick us up here on the old Skype a Rooney. And uh, we're waiting on Dan. There's Dan. There here I is. am. Okay. Well, I've got Dr. Jack Caravelli. I've also got uh, Donald Mazzella with us. And uh, gentlemen, let's Hello. let's let's kick this whole thing up. I want to start 
with uh, with Doctor Jack. Um, Doctor Jack, before we get in get into things, kind of educate uh, Don Mazzella and uh, Dan Perkins and the folks that uh, haven't listened to the show before and haven't heard you on. Uh, give give us kind of a, a a quick little bio and a little background on you, and then we'll get into the uh, first topic here at hand. Yes. Uh, we. Um, uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, in in my career, very briefly, um, I spent most of it in the service of the federal government. Uh, living in Washington, I spent uh, nearly 20 years at the CIA, and then spent uh, four fun-filled years in the as a career officer on the Bill Clinton National Security Council staff, which, as you know, is the foreign policy arm of the of the U.S. government, yep. my responsibility there was primarily security issues involving Russia and the Middle East. Uh, then I, after that, uh, went over to the Department of Energy, where I ran what they called their uh, threat reduction programs, uh, working uh, with the overseas partners to help secure nuclear materials, uh, nuclear warheads, uh, you know, spending spending a lot of taxpayers' dollars trying to make the world, uh, you know, a little bit safer from from, uh, from from rogue nations and terrorists, and we were able to, you know, accomplish a good bit. After I left government, I, uh, you know, I've written a couple books. We've talked about them. They are, uh, they can be found on Amazon, and uh, James, I'm also in the process of finishing a, what will be my fourth book, and that'll be on the Middle East and terrorism, and I'm looking to get that published probably in the first part of 16 and at some point uh, I'm sure we can talk about that so uh, enough about me but let's uh you know, let's, let's run into the substance. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, let's let's start with, uh, with 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 Dan Perkins from the Hill.com. The first topic here I want to get everybody's thoughts on is oil. And and Dr. Jack has written several books on the Middle East. I know that that Don has written and covered many parts of the Middle East. And uh, Dan, you've written several uh, bestsellers on uh, focusing on terrorism and different things in the Middle East. Um, give me your thoughts first of all on this oil topic and then we'll let Don jump in there and, and the good doctor as well. When Don and I were talking about uh, what we wanted to talk about today, we, we were looking at 2015 and what were the three most important stories uh, on a global basis and a domestic basis that happened in 2015. And we both concluded that uh, the number one story is Oil, oil not only from a price standpoint, oil from a political standpoint of how it's beginning to tear apart OPEC, uh, oil how the Congress in the omnibus bill lift the 40-year ban on the exportation of crude oil. Um, several OPEC members have already come to the United States oil industry looking to buy American crude, which is sweeter and thinner and uh, less sulfur. Uh, so they can reduce their production costs uh, and refining costs. Uh, but it, it also is going to, it continues to help America. Every penny decline in the price of crude oil over a 12-month period is worth $38 billion to the American consumers. 
given that we're gone almost a dollar from where it was a year ago at this time, the economic benefit has been phenomenal. In fact, if had it not been for the oil price reduction and the increased spending power of the American consumer, this economy would already be in recession. Um, we think that uh, that Saudi Arabia, who was the catalyst behind this whole attack on American oil infrastructure starting in Thanksgiving a year ago, did not think it would take this long or that it would go this far or oil prices that would drop that far. Um, and so that the implication on a global basis to the cost and availability of crude oil is, um, we think, the most important story of 2015. Well, Do Dr. Jack, you wrote a, a fantastic book, Beyond Sand and Oil, The Nuclear Middle East. Um, that that sold a, a lot of copies. It, it, it is, it is a, a real good read. What, what, what do you make of uh, Dan's comments there on oil, and how does it relate to some of the other stuff that, that you've experienced in the past? of what we've seen in the year 2015 in, on oil and energy writ large really is extremely significant. Uh, it's extremely significant, as Dan pointed out, for the U.S. consumers. Um, you know, this, the, these sharp price drop, drops, uh, number one, have uh, potentially signaled the, uh, you know, maybe the death knell for OPEC. Yeah. Uh, again, as Dan mentioned, the, the Saudis sort of made a bet they could keep production levels high and maybe even increase them in the hope of forcing out, particularly those in the United States, uh, the small, smaller producers who are using fracking, the technology, uh, you know, to bring oil and gas out of the ground. You know, as we sit here at the end of 2015, uh, you know, the Saudi bet right now has failed. Uh, you know, my estimation, uh, what the Saudis have done, you know, there's so much oil in the world right now. The global economy is is sluggish. Uh, there's a lot of production, and oil is extremely sensitive or fragile as a commodity to supply and demand, which is, you know, in simplest terms, why the prices are so low. There's a lot of oil. There's not as much demand. Um, the implications for the Saudis and for the Russians also is profound. In the Saudi case, they are having, in the past year, they've probably dipped into their reserves by about $125 billion, you know, to cover the differential between what they're making, uh, you know, at the current prices of crude and, and what they need to sort of at a, a higher level to break even, which is probably around $90 to $100 a barrel. In the Russian case, it's the same thing. Uh, Russia is extremely dependent uh, on oil for hard currency earnings. Uh, it's almost a, uh, a one-trick economy. I, I don't know anyone that would ever want to go out and buy a Russian refrigerator or a Russian car. Uh, so they, you know, they make their money off oil and gas sales. You know, again, those, those profits are down considerably. So uh, OPEC as a cartel is probably breaking up. The Russians are suffering. We are, at least the present, beneficiary you know, how long this combination of, you know, pretty good factors for us lasts, you know, is an open question. But the, you know, the, the fundamental answer that Dan gave of uh, the importance of this, uh, 
I would I would probably sign up to. Don. Yeah, I think that. Can I just add something real quick, yeah, Jim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go the, ahead, and then we'll let Don jump in. Yeah, um, we we talked uh, several weeks ago when I did a piece on the Hill about about these OPEC meetings, and that uh, that this may, in fact, as your other guests said, uh, may be the death knell for for OPEC. Um, OPEC has really put themselves in an incredibly uh, an incredible position between a rock and a hard place. Um, some of the lesser OPEC nations are screaming to cut production, hoping that the price will rise. Saudi Arabia doesn't want to do that. If in the and the problem is that if the lesser OPEC nations get the get their wish that OPEC is going to cut production, then the American oil industry, which has hundreds and thousands of wells capped, will jump into the marketplace and fill the the void shortfall, putting even more devastating pressure on Saudi Arabia and all of the other OPEC nations to the point that we could see bankruptcies across the board and, and, and the end of OPEC as we have, which creates a tremendous, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Jim, a tremendous political challenge in the Middle East because who's going to govern? Um, Saudi's uh, numbers I've got, is they're $250 billion in the hole. For this year, Russia's over $50 billion in the hole. And um, and no, no side of that getting any better next year. But you break up OPEC and you you start the destruction of the Middle East and oil cartels. If we think we got problems in Syria, in the United and and Afghanistan, wait till OPEC in the Middle East breaks up and the chaos. That could be very very devastating on a global basis and very traumatic and very dangerous in 2016. Don, uh, give, give me your thoughts about all the stuff that's been uh, that's been talked about here. Well, um, I more or less agree with Dan. That's why we we think the oil. Um, uh, if if the price of oil does not hit fifty dollars a, a barrel by April, the, the various country, countries uh, in the oil exporting wo- world will be in serious trouble, and uh, we in turn will be in serious trouble. Because the only way to uh, divert people from from the austerity that's necessary will be uh, by some misadventure somewhere in the world. Uh, the, the Russians are probably in uh, 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 in the Ukraine or uh, one of the republics. Uh, um, I think the uh, Saudis will will uh, step up their own uh, efforts to. Uh, break ISIS. And, and don't forget, we have another, someone else coming on uh, uh, on, on board uh, all of this. It, it's the, uh, the people in Iraq, uh, the Kurds, who are uh, ramping up their own oil uh, exporting world. And that's something Turkey does not want to happen. Today's New York Times <coughs> has a very, very interesting story about the Kurds and what they really want out of all of the their uh, finagling in the Middle East. <clears throat> oil is going to be the story in 2016, almost as much as the presidential election. That's my thought on it. Doc, Dr. Jack. Yeah, what, what we haven't mentioned here, James, is uh, what will also put continuing pressure on uh, oil prices is the sort of uh, the reemergence of Iran 
uh, an OPEC member, of course. Um, you know, in, in the next year, the nuclear deal was completed, and I think that, you know, among other things, whether we, you know, think the agreement is good or not, uh, Iran will uh, certainly be given probably the opportunity to, um, uh, you know, number one, uh, take uh, resources that were frozen, uh, put them into, uh, you know, investing again in, in their energy infrastructure, and under what were the sanctions regime, uh, Iran's daily uh, output of oil had dropped to uh, about a million barrels a day. Uh, I think it is not unreasonable, uh, slowly over time, maybe by the end of 2016, for Iran to be up to maybe two or two and a half million barrels a day. So again, it's another factor that's going to sort of continue to put pressure on prices. Uh, I, I think the calculations done on the Saudi loss are really a lot closer to 125 billion than, than the 250 that was cited by the other guests. Uh, but, but the important point here is are the political implications in the Middle East, in Russia. Uh, so it may well be that, you know, in, in the coming year we will see the sort of the energy, sto the energy story um, as profoundly important as, you know, who was elected in the United States in November. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli with us today. We've got Dan Perkins with us today from TheHill.com. We also have Donald Mazzella. And moving on to our next segment here, 30 minutes after the hour, is uh, Trump. <laughs> it's one word. It means a hell of a lot. <laughs> Donald Trump. And uh, since we started with, with Dan Perkins on that, I want to go to... Uh, to Donald Bazella. Uh, Don, kick us off here. Give me your thoughts on Trump, and then we'll get the doctor's thoughts, and then we'll let uh, Dan Perkins jump in there and round out the, the, the thoughts there on Trump. Well, my own feeling, again, has always been that uh, he w will cause a lot of mischief uh, over, the, over the next six months, but I do not think he will be the uh, Republican candidate. I think he's the one candidate that uh, that can cause Hillary Clinton to, to make it to the White House if indeed she is the uh, presidential nominee. Uh, I, I, I saw an interesting, um, actually my wife pointed out, the Daily News, the Gallup poll says that she's the most admired woman in America at 13%. And ah. also that... Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, but the interesting thing is that the same survey says that President Obama is the most admired man, but in second place is, is Donald Trump. Uh, you know, it, it makes you wonder, the Gallup organization is very good, and they've been doing a survey for over 35 years, actually longer than that, uh, the same survey. And, and you, you wonder uh, what's... What's happening to the American public? If our number one woman is Hillary Clinton at 13 percent, President Obama is 19 percent, and Donald Trump is 18 uh, percent uh, as the most admired people, you you really wonder. Uh, a, uh, as my wife said, where did they get the numbers from? And the second one is, if they're true, what does that say about the American public? 
Uh, I, I found it fascinating. And, and I disagree with that, Jack, on only one thing. I think that uh, who's elected president next year is probably one of the most important elections in American history, ranking right up there, I think, with uh, uh, pr President Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and I, I, I think it will be the number one story next year. Um, I think oil was this year, but I think the presidential election will be the number one story next year. Dr. Jack. Uh, what 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 do you think of of this now that uh, Don's kind of laid the groundwork there for you, my friend? Yeah, well, I, actually, I'm in strong agreement with Don that uh, the, the election obviously will be critical not only for us but for the yeah. parts of the world that are certainly watching. You know what we do and how we do it. I, I think on the just as an aside, the notion that Hillary Clinton is the most admired woman in the country is to, is to me uh, is both, both sad and appalling. Um, you know, we, we have so many intelligent and accomplished women in all parts, all walks of life. It's, you know, you would like to think that somebody surely must have been able to be, uh, you know, seen in much higher esteem than, you know, women may well be indicted in 2016. Uh, but, but you asked the question on Donald Trump. Um, it, it's a fascinating phenomenon to watch. I mean, in, in many ways, you know, he has stood <coughs> on its head. If, you know, if you were a campaign advisor to anyone, Democrat or Republican, you know, you would never say to your candidate, uh, by all means, go out and insult Mexicans, insult women, uh, other Latinos, uh, Muslims, and, and make a make a great run uh, for a presidential nomination. I mean, it's just it defies all political logic. But you know, again, if you believe the polls, uh, you know, we, we have seen a you know a steady, if, if not you know, at least slightly rising uh, you know sense of support. Or Donald Trump, and I think that part of it, and I'll throw this out to both the audience and our other guests, I, I really wondered if in some ways Trump's you know, ability to sort of get away with all of this is a reflection, number one, he's an outsider and has played that very well, but number two, that he is almost the anti-Obama. You know, has Obama, you know, shaped the, the Trump uh, candidacy. You know, Trump uh, Trump has played this so well in portraying the president, for good reason, as vacillating, as weak, as timid. Uh, and, you know, Trump portrays himself as the antidote. So, I'm, you know, I'm wondering how the other guys think, but, but I, I look at this and marvel at what Trump has been able to do. I, I sort of come down with Don that it's, you know, I'm not at all convinced that Trump will be the nominee, but, you know, politics in this country, you know, maybe for a very long time, will be changed by the fact that at least, you know, to the end of 2015, Donald Trump had been a very successful candidate. You know, we'll see what happens early, you know, in, uh, in Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, but he has struck a chord in America uh, that other politicians of both parties really should not ignore 
Now, Dan, uh, taking in all of the thoughts from the good doctor and our good friend, Mr. Mazzella, give me your thoughts on, on, on where you see Trump and everything going and just kind of echoing some of their sentiments and, and picking up on some of the things that they said. Well, I, I'm I'm going to disagree with both of them. Okay. <laughs> I think I think there are I think there are people who don't believe that Trump can win the nomination, and I think my partner Don is one of those. Um, you know, I saw this little quote, which really kind of illustrates my point. You know, at 50, if the polls have him at fifty-five percent, there's a good chance he'll be the nominee. No, there's a good chance he'll be the president if he gets fifty-five percent polling. I think that 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 we saw a seminal moment in the relationship between the Congress, the President, and the American people when the Congress two Fridays ago passed an omnibus bill of $1.3 trillion of junk. The only thing good that, that the Republicans or the American people got out of that particular piece of legislation was the lifting of the 40-year ban on the exportation of crude oil. It is uh, Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid were gloating. They got everything they wanted. The minority party got everything they wanted as if they were in power. The American people, I believe, during this Christmas holiday break, are burning the ears of many congressmen. But I believe that many congressmen who will come back from their vacation and listening to their constituents rant and rave are not going to change anything they're going to do. And I think what's happening here is that the reason why Mr. Trump continues to go up in the polls is that two things are happening. Other people are beginning to drop. Bush shouldn't be on the stage of the debate. He's got 2%. I think that what's happening is that what he's saying, and he's about to explode Hillary, because Hillary's decided to bring Bill on the campaign trail. And there was an article this morning about the wisdom of that decision because once he steps on the campaign trail, he is fodder for anything that Mr. Trump yes. wants to shoot at him. Yes. And so I, I think that, that, that Hillary tried to uh, call Mr. Trump a sexist, and he told her, he told her in no uncertain terms, don't go there. Don't go there, because I believe if she persists in the sexism charge, he will go after her and he'll go after Bill, and there'll be a lot of people in this country who will be pissed off, but there'll be a great many more people who will be absolutely thrilled. This is a, this is a juggernaut. This is a phenomenon. And phenomenons have the way of, of going to the point when they find somebody who can mind meld as they had in the old star star trek movie oh, yes yes the vulcan mind meld <laughs> mr trump has a vulcan mind meld with an ever-increasing there was a report out this morning from drudge is that that trump is gaining um popularity in the minorities of communities across the united states yes i just think what i said he's gaining he's gaining the blue he's getting the blue collar democrats back from the democrats now he's starting to make headway into the black and Hispanic communities. The idea that he doesn't have a chance, I think, 
I really believe no matter how much the, the, the leadership of the GOP doesn't want him to win the nomination, I think he will. And I think if he wins the nomination, he is the greatest nightmare for Hillary Clinton when they stand on the presidential debate because he will not let her hide. And so I think that what he probably he's going won't let her do, go to the bathroom either, much like Bernie and them. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll get, maybe maybe they'll put a pot under her podium for her. Um, but but the but the point is is that I this 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 phenomenon is not losing momentum. This phenomenon is gaining momentum, and the reason it's gaining momentum is because the conventional politician, the conventional wisdom of the political parties has got it just plain wrong. We've got Dan Perkins with us today from TheHill.com. We also have Dr. Jack Caravelli, best-selling author. We also have our good friend, Mr. Newspaper Man himself, uh, still out there in the newspaper world, Donald Mazzella from SB Digest. And um, the, the third topic here, and uh, but before, before we get into to, to this, this third topic here, which is, of course, failure to lead by Obama, um, I want to uh, kind of get get Dr. Jack's thoughts. I want him to kind of educate us here on a, a situation that, uh, uh, Dr. Jack, you were very close to uh, Ambassador Stevens over there uh, in the Middle East who uh, uh, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama pretty much just left to die there. Um, give, give us your thoughts on, on the whole failure to lead by Obama and all that in, in, in everything that you knew with, with your good friend, Ambassador Stevens. Well, James, thank you. It's, um, the, the Benghazi incident, that's even the right description, is, yeah. is a tragedy on a personal level. The, the loss of Ambassador Stevens plus three other extremely courageous Americans uh, you know, to me, is a, is a, is a moral outrage. Uh, I, I personally will always believe that there were uh, things we as a government and our military could and would have done, or at least tried to do, and uh, the, the fact that we didn't, I, I think, really lands at uh, Barack Obama's feet and Hillary Clinton's. Uh, I, I have little forgiveness of that personally. Um, absent any evidence that definitively shows that I'm wrong. Uh, beyond that, though, James, we, you know, we have seen from this president, at least in his foreign policy, time and time again, uh, a, a weakness, uh, a, uh, I think, deliberate uh, sense of not willing to uh, use American resources. Yep of using American leadership. Uh, one of many examples, of course, was the quote-unquote you know, red line with Syria that if the Syrians would use any kind of weapon of mass destruction, uh, including chemical weapons, which, of course, they did, uh, you know, that we would take strong action. Well, you know, uh, what, what has troubled me as much as anything on the... Um, inconsistency of U.S. leadership has been that this administration, as I watch them, and again, I worked as a career officer for other for the last Democratic president, that um, this administration acts like it doesn't matter or that the world's not paying attention. 
Well, the fact is the world is paying attention. Uh, you, you only have to look at what the Russians have done. Uh, Vladimir Putin uh, clearly holds Obama in, in, in an almost unbridled contempt. Uh, the actions in uh, Ukraine, uh, Russian intervention in the Middle East, um, you know, are examples of it. But, you know, it may be just as bad as the fact that our adversaries have no regard for Obama uh, or his word is simply that, you know, much of those same sentiments uh, fall on our allies. Uh, the Israelis, you know, our longest and most important friend in the Middle East, uh, you know, clearly have major political problems with Obama, and I'm not going to say it's all one-sided. Uh, the, the Obama administration uh, has very poor uh, relations, even relative to George Bush, former President Bush, um, you know, with our allies in Europe. Obama has uh, virtually no relationship with any personal note with the French President Hollande, uh, with the uh, UK Prime Minister David Cameron, uh, Angela Merkel, uh, and these, these things matter. Relationships really count in international politics. Uh, you know, and those of, of us who have been on the, you know, on the front lines and, and seen that, you know, the good and bad of those relationships, you know, I, I, I think understand this. Yeah. So, you know, across the board, you know, we, we've seen a real loss of U.S. prestige, and with the loss of prestige really comes the loss of influence. And whoever comes into the White House next year, or actually in January 2017, uh, is going to have a really hard act to follow. Now, uh, now, now, Dan. Yes, that, and this, that, this is the thing. Um, Dan, with with the whole thing, just like Doctor Jack said, there he he was he was a personal friend of Ambassador Stevens. The whole Benghazi thing was they 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 stick it more with Hillary, but the buck stops with Obama essentially. Um, the failure to lead here by Obama. Um, I know a lot of people in the past have said, you know, with with various various leaders in the past. For instance, I, I used to hear this a lot with when when Bush was in the last Bush was in the White House. Oh, Bush is this evil guy and this and that and the other, and he's an idiot and all this stuff. And it's like you come to find out later that a lot of the decisions that were being made were not being made by George W. Bush. And the thing the thing with Obama is that there are a lot of decisions that people try to brush off on other people but he's the one that signed the national defense authorization act he's the one that signed the the cispa law to where where companies and, and and things can spy on your information he's he's really he's leading but he has but he has a failure to lead uh with with Dr. Jack's comments there and with Don agreeing with everything um Dan your thoughts and then we'll get then we'll let Don expand on his I want to. I want to thank you for giving me an opportunity because I, I want to ask the good doctor. Uh, I want to tell him a quick story and ask him an opinion. Yes, go. Uh, when my oldest son was growing up in high school, they brought out a movie, Oliver Stone's JFK, and um, you couldn't. It was impossible, almost impossible to tell between the created footage that Oliver Stone created and the actual history. 
And my oldest son wanted to see the movie, and I was old enough that I lived the J. I watched it on television, the assassination and the killing of Lee Harvey Oswald and that whole terrible time in our country. Um, but what he said to me, and I told him, I said, I've seen the movie, John, and I, I have the experience of being, being alive at the time and lived the history to be able to discern in the film the difference between reality and fiction. I'm afraid that you do not. So he said, I still want to go see it. So I said, okay, when you see it, then come back and sit down and we'll talk about it. He went to the movie and he, and he came back to me and he, the first thing he said to me was, what if it was true? Now, Dr. Y, the reason I told you that story is that I believe that there are an awful lot of people in this country who will be influenced on January the 15th, when the movie 13 Hours comes out about the Benghazi debacle. And one can only conclude that the person most adversely affected by this movie was the sitting Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. I believe that there are a lot of millenniums and a lot of other people who look at these kinds of films and, like my son, even today, cannot distinguish between fiction and reality. I believe this film could be absolutely devastating to her and her campaign trying to overwin to win over the American people that 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 Benghazi doesn't count because if you just follow the trailers it's going to be a very intense movie. Do you think one movie can influence the campaign, doctor? question you pose about uh, the movie, you know, on Benghazi. Uh, I mean, the, the short answer to, to your question is, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, we, of course, haven't seen the movie. I've seen those trailers, and I agree. It's, it looks like, again, what a two-minute trailer shows, it looks like it could be a very powerful movie. Uh, I think at the very least, uh, it, it will certainly uh, be a, it'll renew a topic of debate that I think Hillary Clinton would very much like to see go away, so I think it'll resurface it. Uh, will it have long legs, um, you know, in March, April, May? You know, of course, I don't know. But, you know, you know, given what we've seen in recent months, I think at the very least, you've got to expect that our, our friend Mr. Trump will, you know, will be far from shy about raising the issue on the campaign trail. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. Don, uh, your your thoughts on this whole thing with uh, with with Obama's failure to lead, uh, according to Dan and 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 Doctor Jack there. And well, the real question is, how does Hillary Clinton um, run away from that uh, from from uh, the Obama administration? Uh, it's amazing when I go around the country talking to people. How, how many people really, really do not like um, what President uh, Obama uh, has done, ha has said, um, and uh, where this country is going. And Hillary Clinton uh, has still not laid out um, a, uh, a new agenda for next year, how, where this country will go and how it will go. 
all she seems to be doing is regurgitating um, what President Obama said in his two campaigns. I will bring it, uh, bring us all together. Well, he hasn't, and the, uh, the re results have been well, we're having conversations like this, um, and more and more. The the real thing. Um, uh, by the way, uh, I, I think that movie will have a, a great effect on the campaign. It's, and uh, I know from uh, my sources inside the Clinton campaign that they are spending a lot of time trying to figure out how, uh, just how to, to handle the, the blowback from it. Uh, so, I mean, uh, there are a lot of things uh, wrong with the movie, uh, I'm told. But the, but the real point about it is uh, it, it does bring up uh, a very divisive uh, event in, American, in recent American history that a lot of people want answers for. And, uh, by the way, the uh, congressional committees have some additional ammunition, uh, which uh, hopefully they will bring out before all is said and done. Uh, but, but the main point I'd like to make is uh, what Dan said is true. I, Donald Trump will not let her get away with it uh, in, in any discussion. He has not let anybody get away with anything. But that still, he has still not outlined a plan for America. And presidential campaigns have been by tradition. And I know Dan is saying that this is a, uh, this is a, a changing a election. By the way, uh, they said that in 1960, they said it in 1968, they said it in 1972, uh, they said it in uh, uh, 1980. But uh, Americans still want to vote for something. And uh, Donald Trump, neither Donald Trump nor Hillary Clinton has yet said what they're for. They're all said what they're against, but not what they're for. And that's what the American people want. And uh, I still think that's the most important issue. And, and Trump has not done that, and Hillary has not done that. We've got Dan. I, I want to... Yeah, I, go, Dan. I, I just wanted to add to that. I, I Again, uh, Don is my friend. We've been on your show a long time. Um, I, I think he's got it wrong. Uh, uh, and I could, I could be wrong, but I think he's got it wrong. I, I think what the American... And uh, excuse me for being a little gruff here. I think what the American people, the plan the American people are looking for that Don believes has not come out yet is there. The American people want somebody who's going to kick ass and take names. And I think Donald Trump is the kind of person who kicks ass and takes names. And that's what the American people want. They want a sense of pride. This is so reminiscent of the final years of the Carter campaign when America's better years were behind us and we were all in a, in a, in a stupor because we were told we, were, we're, we weren't exceptional. Obama's telling us we're not exceptional. Americans don't like to be told that they're, unaccept they're not exceptional. And I think that the American people are reacting. They want somebody that they can believe in, that they believe believes the same thing they do, that America needs to be strong and America needs to lead. And for a lot of Americans, a lot of Americans, blue collars, sitting in beer joints, or, or minorities, Hispanics, or blacks, and maybe some Republicans and maybe some independent 
and maybe some dem- other Democrats kind of like the idea of America kicking ass and taking names. I think that the the one thing we must not forget is that Mrs. Clinton has been challenged by nobody. Nobody has challenged Mrs. Clinton. Yes. When she gets on the stage, if she's the nominee, if she's not indicted, and I know Don doesn't think she's going to be the nominee, but if she's the nominee, and if Donald Trump, which I believe will be the nominee, she's going to have her hands full because she has not been tested and she will be tested in a very difficult way, in a way that she does not expect nor has been trained to because the political operatives on the Republican side who will be the nominee will go after her with great vengeance. And uh, with what you heard a few moments ago when we started this program, she's 13% as far as the most admired woman in the country. I don't think that the, the feminists will come to her support if Trump or Cruz or if there is a Republican nominee who has the uh, gonads to go after her and challenge her on what she's done. Uh, I don't think that the, uh, the, the liberal women are going to support her. I want to say, whoever the Republican nominee is, they're going to take a a, a page out of Donald Trump's uh, playbook and really go out after her. I have absolutely no doubts uh, about that. Uh, I I think she's very vulnerable, and I think uh, 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 every one of her initiatives, including the one about trying to uh, rally um, women against Donald Trump has failed. And I know this is, uh, from other sources that this is bothering uh, the, the campaign greatly. And uh, the result is going to be um, some of what you want, Dan. I just think that we need a more credible, uh, a more electable, to use, uh, uh, candidate than Donald Trump. Because he is not well. a nice man. Well, Americans want uh, Americans want somebody to kick ass and tape names. That doesn't necessarily necessarily make them a nice man. Nice guy, yeah. They want they, you know nice guys finish last. Um, and and I, I just think that, that Trump is the kind he has the he has the right message for the people at the right time, and he's going to continue to build momentum. And as more and more as the Republican candidates drop out. He will gain more and more, and he will overpower the Republican National Committee, who obviously doesn't want him, but they may not have any choice. And I know we're out of time. Well, as as we wrap up here, um, I, I want to start with Don, and then I'm going to go to to, to uh, Dan, and then to Doctor Jack. Um, Don, as we wrap up here. Um, I, I thank you for being involved in the program, first of all, for the entire year, because it is, it has been an amazing, amazing year. Um, before we let, before we let you go and we will let everybody else do their plugs here, um, how can people get a hold of you, Don, uh, and, uh, and participate in, in your stuff and pick up the books and all that fun stuff? Well, donmazello.com is where my book is, which is, by the way, my publisher said is really starting to take off. And I, and I credit this program for part of it, um, for a good part of it. Uh, hashtag 2SB Digest for my Twitter account and Small Business Digest Mag for, for, our, um, for our magazine. 
and Happy New Year to everybody. Yes, yes. Um, Dr. Jack, as we wrap up here, I know that you're going to be uh, putting another book out in the new year. Uh, kind of give me your thoughts on, on what you've heard today and, and everything moving forward and, and where people uh, people can expect the book to come out. Okay. Jack Kimberly. Uh, as I mentioned, we may have a have another one to add to the list uh, early next year. Uh, I think James, again, as we've talked so often, I you know I, I really commend you for identifying the topics and really just allowing this interplay, you know, between us uh, and the three of us today on uh, on these topics. I think you. But what I've enjoyed most is you identify and, and bring to light, you know, the critical issues, domestic and foreign, uh, and you just sort of throw them out there and let the let all your guests sort of chop at them, and that's that's truly a public service, and I I, I applaud that, and it's simply cap, and again, happy New Year. Definitely, and uh, thank you for here, those. Here. Th- thank you for those kind words, Doctor. Uh, Dan, take us home, baby. R- wrap it up here for us. Where, where can we find well, you for, and all that? First of all, let me say thank you for putting up with me for the last year. <laughs> um, well, we're going to do it again in another year. <laughs> you're right. Right. It's been it's been it's been fun doing the program. Um, I agree with with Doctor Jack. You 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 allow us to. Um, Disagree with us, each other, but I think the topics, the subject matter that we've covered over the last 12 months has been as good as anything you can hear on radio. Uh, and I thank you for putting the show together. Um, my book is uh, uh, available at Amazon. My book website is danperkins.guru. I finished my fourth book probably out more like the fall, starting my fifth book. But most important this year was the success of uh, Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Uh, we've opened up 25 institutions. We have over 4,000 MP3 players out there for the soldiers, and we're getting 23 to, or 32 to 35,000 hits a month. And we just announced a corporate uh, sponsorship with New Day USA, and we hope to have more after the first of the year. And that's Songs and Stories for Soldiers. US. And Jim, thank you for allowing me to uh, to plug our foundation and help soldiers and. Uh, and uh, you need a better keyboard for 2016. <laughs> I, I will. I will definitely get that uh, taken care of. We've got uh, the the fantastic uh, Don Mazzella, Dan Perkins, and Dr. Jack Garavelli. I thank both of you guys, and uh, we will talk to you guys in the new year. Uh, Happy New Year to you guys, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, gentlemen. Take care. Happy New Year. Definitely. Appreciate it. That is uh, Dan Perkins, Don Mazzella, and, of course, Dr. Jack Caravelli. We're going to take a timeout and uh, come back with more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.